This is another sports podcast. And thank you for tuning in to another day of sports podcast. I am Drew Torres here with Money Mike Gilchrist and Steve the Oracle Den Blaker on episode 100 of another damn sports podcast. A hundred episodes, Money Mike. I have to ask you first, how does that feel reaching the three digits for the number of episodes we've done for this? What a milestone. I mean, we started doing this podcast a few years ago in my tiny apartment in Buffalo at the kitchen table. Uh, there's, it was just an idea we had about just shooting the shit things, conversations we had kind of off the air, but putting it on air and including our friends in it. And it really has been so much fun to do this every single week during the NFL season in particular. It's been a lot of fun. I'm glad we've been able to grow it. And the fact that we have uh, so many people that have been listening these last few weeks uh, has been really a lot of fun. And this is a, the most fun year I think we've had on it because our teams are all relevant <laughs> this deep in the season. So it's been, it's been great. I've been happy to do it with you and happy to, that we brought Steven this year. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. I will, I will have to say here that coming into this week, we were talking about doing a couple celebrations for for this episode, and we will. We're going to be bringing on a couple guests, one of which you guys haven't seen in a long time and another one you've seen very frequently. Uh, we'll talk about that later. And then we also have a game coming up from Steve here. He's uh, taken the task of putting together a game for Money Mike and I to compete in, so that will be happening later in the show as well. But coming into this 100th episode, I made the, the declaration I was going to go through all of our episodes, listen and look for some of the biggest hits and put it all together in this fun mashup started doing that and it was an absolute pain in the ass so i did not do it but i will say uh money mike our show has improved greatly since the beginning of us doing this show with one microphone in your kitchen every week uh it, it, we have definitely turned this show into a little bit more of a professional flow a little bit easier of a listen so uh, i give you kudos as well money mike for that uh both of us honing our craft. You know what I, I remember is when we first started the show, we did our rapid fire recaps and we would write them. And I remember they were really long at first. And <laughs> <laughs> we were like trying to read them as fast as we could. And like, we would actually like cut like, okay, I, I start over. Okay. Start reading <laughs> this one over. <laughs> yeah. A lot, yeah. More, uh, a lot more like editing at the beginning a lot <laughs> that we were necessary that we necessarily needed. Yeah. It was <laughs> certainly a lot more clunky and, We've been able to improve it for over the years, and I think this season has been much more improved beyond prior years as well because we've brought on Steve. So I know you're kind of part of the, the later part of the lore of another damn sports podcast, but ever since you've joined the team as well, it's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Yeah, man, it's been it's been fun. It's just nice to talk to the boys kind of on a weekly basis, especially ones I don't get to see as often, talk about sports, and especially sports we all love. And I was one of those day one fans. I... Drew knows this about me. I, I can listen to pretty much any podcast in the world. And so I always listen to you guys and all of our friends. The, our friend Dustin Young, he used to have a one where you just bring on our friends and talk shit with them and stuff and just shoot the shit on top of that, too. And so I love listening to our friends and just podcasts in general. So I was happy you guys brought me along. And honestly, just like I said, just talking sports each week. I love Tuesday nights, which... I don't know, listeners, the ones on Spotify and Apple Music later. Sorry, we do this on Tuesday nights. You don't get it right away, but yeah, it's, I look it's forward all... to it every week. 
Yeah, so do I, man. It's always fantastic after an exciting weekend of football. Everything's finally wrapped up and you're able to get it off your chest. And I have to give Money Mike the credit here. Uh, I know we're giving a lot of kudos here to start this show, but you got it. It's episode 100. I'm giving Money Mike the credit credit here. This show was his brainchild. He was the one that wanted to do a podcast. It was his idea, and I just kind of ran with it with him. So I give you all the credit, my friend. Um, I did hey, come up I with the name, you though. Credit, man. You, do all, you do all the work here. I mean, I, I, it was, <laughs> I, I was the idea, man, but you're like the... The execution, you're the main host because you were just naturally better at it than I was. You do all the editing. Uh, you put a lot of the efforts into uh, getting guests and all that stuff. So you really, I might have been the idea man, but you kind of carried it along the way. I was the architect. You were the engineer. So that's kind <laughs> of how go. it worked. Well, I appreciate that as well. And I will say I did come up with the name. Uh, I think it was just very yeah. random thought immediately when, once you were, you were like, oh, I, I wonder what the name of our show should be. And then just immediately off the top of my head, another day of sports podcast. And we just kind of rolled with it. And it's been a been a pretty good brand, I'd say. If we if we actually had a marketing department, I think we would do pretty well, you know, but we're a little rinky dick podcast. We try our best. And speaking yeah, of which, we're actually Chris, we still owe Chris a T-shirt. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God, we do. I totally forgot about that. And I still need to send you two a t-shirt as well, man. Okay. I will put that on my list. But uh, so uh, speaking of uh, kind of a rinky dink podcast, we actually have some technical issues with the PowerPoint right now. So what we're going to do is we were originally going to start talking about the Jaguars. We had an ADSP uh, matchup over the weekend between the Giants and Vikings. I'm going to have you two dive into that first while I try and fix this. Uh, Steve, you can get it started. The Vikings winning off of a last-second field goal by Greg Joseph. Seems like he's been thrown into that position a lot this season. How good did it feel to get this win and uh, continue the resurgence of the Green Bay Packers towards potentially getting a playoff spot? That was probably the biggest upset for me about this weekend on top of win because you can't be mad about a win, obviously. But just the fact that the Packers are hanging in there, kind of looming in the background for the Vikings. I'm sure we'll touch upon that later, but... I mean, you can't be upset with a win, and I think it went almost exactly to plan of how Mike, you, and Nick and I last week all kind of thought this game would go realistically, is it was going to be close. We all, we've all we talked about all season how this Giants and Vikings team are very similar, um, probably just better wide receiver crew is what we always talk about for the Vikings, um, but just it just seemed to go along the course where the Vikings are going to keep a game close for the most part. And then they seem to just pull these games out in the end. They have an NFL record, 11 game or 11 wins this season within one score game. So out of their 12 wins, 11 of those have been within a score. And also I guess, so technically that means their first win of the whole season against the Packers was the only one that was a blowout where they didn't need to be within one score to win a game. So, And like you said, Greg Joseph has been clutch all year, five game-winning field goals, overtime and regular, and in regular time. And I, the superstitious fan I kind of am, I hope that means in the playoffs he doesn't <laughs> pull a Blair Walsh and miss it, an easy field goal for a W. But we're in the playoffs now official division leaders nfc north have a home game so you just gotta see what happens i just hope it's not the packers that we face the first round but technically steve you still have a a chance to win the number one seed overall i mean if philadelphia loses their next two games you guys went out you potentially could be the number one seed so that's that's still alive it's uh, pretty tough when one two has uh the tiebreakers because they also has a win against us but true that is true <laughs> right 
So from my perspective, now I have a funny story about this game. So I, um, you know, I went into this game thinking that the Giants had a chance, but I really felt like the Vikings were going to be the team that won. I was just hopeful that we could win because I said if all the scenarios happen the way that they can in terms of other teams losing, the Giants could clinch this week if we win. And they could have. Everybody they needed to lose lost. Washington lost. Detroit lost. Seattle lost. So it was working out for the Giants. Had they won the game, they were going to be in the playoffs. Now it's set up where the Giants have seven different scenarios this weekend that could happen to clinch. Easiest of all is by beating the Colts, which, my God, that should happen. But So none of my brothers like football. My mom's not into football. I'm over there on Christmas Eve. We're sitting around our family room opening presents. Now I have the game on to my right, and I have to put it on mute because nobody else wants it on while we're opening presents. Um, So... When Bellinger fumbled the ball, my mom was opening this card from my brother, Andrew, and it was supposed to be like this nice, meaningful message from him to her that she's starting to read, not out loud, but in her head. And on the other side of the room, Bellinger fumbles the ball, and I go, fuck! <laughs> in the Christmas spirit. Eyes, jaw drops, <laughs> looks up at me from her card, just like, oh. <laughs> like oh, Sorry, Ma. <laughs> That's amazing. That's the life of a sports fan, though, man. I, I get it. I would have responded the same way. Yeah, but it was just, uh, you know, it was one of those games where, you know, you know your team is not favored to win. You're playing a team that's, you know, has done a lot better than you this year. But if you play up to your potential, you might have a chance to pull off the upset. And the Giants, you can't be the team that's making mistakes and try to pull off an upset at the same time. You just can't do it. It's like when the Jags played the Chiefs. The Jags were, like, you know, making stupid mistakes. You can't have those against a team that's just better than you. So the Giants had the fumble by Bellinger. Daniel Jones threw that interception. Um, We had a punt blocked um on a missed assignment there and those things added up we only lost by three so that does give me hope that if the giants do play the vikings again in the playoffs that they'll be very confident in that second matchup um and again uh you're never happy with a loss but everything outside of what we could do happened so that really our fate's in our own hands we have a home game against the indianapolis colts who have been not playing well but even if we don't win the game there are six other scenarios that could happen to where the Giants can clinch. Like if Washington and Detroit and Green Bay lose, if Seattle and Washington lose, um, if Seattle, Detroit, Green Bay, like it, there's so many different scenarios that could happen to where the Giants could clinch regardless of winning. However, I'm very confident the Giants can win against the Colts, but it's a trap game. It's one of those games where it's like, well, we should win, right. but the Colts were the team last year. If you remember drew in week 15, 16, the Colts had a 96% chance of making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and they ch- choked it away and pissed it away. And so I have this yeah. fear, like we're playing the Colts and then we're playing the Eagles. Now the Eagles, I really hope they win this week so that they're motivated to rest everybody in the week 18 in case we don't win and we're not clinched by the end of this weekend. I, I could care less what they do if we end up clinching. Like I, I hope that both teams rest and whoever gets the win, woo. I, I hope the Giants just get the win because that would help the all-time record versus the Eagles. But I thought Minnesota played really well. They played in, in, like you said, Steve, games where they kept it close, but they were able to win at the end. So they made a few more plays, and they won the game. And, again, I've said it before. I think that, really, there should be conversations about Jefferson being MVP. But there yeah. won't be because he's a wide receiver, and this yeah. is just a quarterback-driven thing. But he really should be considered. I know Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are going to get the majority of the, the votes, but – I would be happy if Jefferson got like one or two, like some kind of like recognition for what he's done this year and what he could potentially do in these next two games. He's like, what, 242 yards away from hitting how many yards? I, I can't even remember. I think 204. 
and yeah. it'd be 2000. No, two. I'm sorry, 204 would be eclipsing Calvin Johnson's. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me ask you about record. that, Steve. Is that something that hey, that? How do you feel about the asterisk that everybody talks about with uh, I mean, breaking I, that? I definitely, if he doesn't do it in 17 yeah. games, right, or 16 Extra games? Game. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely understand it. I mean, things change and evolve. So in my opinion, it shouldn't be an asterisk. It's just everyone yeah. would know then that switch from 16. What are you going to keep two different records for the entirety of <laughs> right. the NFL? Um, I definitely, I, I completely understand. Cause I mean, he did do it in less games, but at the same time, it's not Justin Jefferson's fault that the season got extended. I mean, yeah, yeah, by, right. by an extra game, <laughs> like records are made to be broken. I mean, there was, I don't know if you guys saw the clip of Randy Moss when they were doing the pregame coverage and they were talking about Justin Jefferson this week and he, uh, they were like, Oh, he's going to become the all time Vikings single season, uh, reception, He's going to break Chris Carter's record. He's like, oh, that's awesome. And they're like, and that's also your record, too, for receiving yards. He goes, what? He's like, screw that guy. <laughs> Obviously, joking, but it was very funny. That's <laughs> At first, he thought Chris had it for a second, I guess, Chris Carter. But <laughs> it was very funny that once he found out it was him with the receiving yards instead of the catches, it was funny to see. But I'm, I'm completely, being an unbiased fan, I completely agree with Mike. I would be happy if he went or gets at least a couple votes for it, especially considering as a non-biased fan who really should have won the MVP last year was Cooper Cup with right. one of the most crazy seasons a wide receiver will ever have winning the Triple Crown. And if he didn't even get a vote during that season, then even seeing Jets get a vote would be pretty cool. But in my opinion, it should be switched from MVP to we should have just the best quarterback mm. overall wide receiver, running back, and then yeah. obviously you could have your complete MVP, I guess, or offensive player. But in terms of MVP in the league, it's just a quarterback award now. We all kind of know it. So it just kind of takes the fun out of it, in my opinion. It is but. it is pretty lame, I, I will admit, because it basically just gives the, the skill position players, no matter how good they play, if they play up an absolutely perfect season, like we're talking about here with Justin Jefferson, that still doesn't even really give them that much of a shot of winning the award. That is crazy to see. And in, in a year or two where it's not like, like right now Patrick Mahomes is the leader in the conversation, right? Because Jalen Hurts is now hurt. So he's not going to be able to finish out area. He missed this last game and there's potential that he could miss against the Saints. And then if they beat the Saints, he could be sitting in the last week. And then it kind of just takes him out of the running in some people's eyes. But like, there's been nobody at the quarterback position that's like, oh yeah, like this is like a record breaking year. They're killing it. Like, like Mahomes is putting up a lot of yards, but it's not that same feeling as if it was someone like when Peyton Manning won the MVP with the Broncos or something, when he just put up all those ridiculous yardage totals. Like, it's it's a very interesting award. I agree with you. It'd be interesting if they made it, like, the best QB in the league and then the best skill position player in the league or something. Like, that that would be interesting. But Money Mike, the, the traditionalist that he is, he would probably just look at that as, like, a nice little... Uh, um, uh, participation trophy situation where we're like, oh, we're giving everybody trophies, right, Mike? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just think that we have to look at it other than just quarterbacks. Like, yeah, quarterbacks, yeah. it is the most important position in, in football. There's no doubt about it. But there can be something said if you excel way over the expectations in your own position that that should be considered. The last time somebody outside the quarterback one was, what, Adrian Peterson back in 2009? Yeah, I think Ian says 2012 was the last time a non-QB yeah. one. Was it 2012? So, I know it was Adrian yeah. Peterson. Yeah, but I forget the year. Um, and, and so it, it just 
yeah, I, I think that we need to have more of an open mind to other players. Like even like um, on the defensive side too, if you're somebody who's just carrying your team and leading your team on the defensive side of the ball, you should be considered for MVP. Yeah. Um, if you're a wide receiver who's just playing out of your mind or a running back who's playing out of your mind, uh, you know, it's, it's not just the quarterback who gets the job done. I mean, this it, football is the most ultimate team game. Mm-hmm. I mean, a quarterback is a piece of shit if he has nobody blocking for him and nobody catching for him. He's just <laughs> some goon throwing a ball, you know? <laughs> All righty. Well, speaking of just a goon throwing a ball, that is the perfect segue to talk a little bit about the Jaguars and Jets matchup on this past Thursday night, where Zach Wilson just looked like a goon throwing a ball. He did not look good in that backfield for the Jets. Obviously, a game where the weather was not good. It was just a torrential downpour for basically the entire game. So the Jaguars had the right strategy coming into this one. They came in with a plan to get the ball out of Trevor Lawrence's hands as quick as possible, do short throws, and make sure that your playmakers are able to make the play following the catch, get yards after the catch. And they were able to do that enough with Evan Ingram and with uh, with uh, ETN on the run game and even Trevor Lawrence with his legs as well. And they were able to get the win 19-3 to here in an ugly game, but a game that you have to win if you want to be a team that can make a run to the playoffs and potentially in the playoffs as well. So um, I guess the, the biggest topic coming from this game was Zach Wilson, right? I mean, obviously people are talking about the fact that, oh my gosh, this might be one of the biggest busts in the history of the NFL. Um, it, it just seems like the guy just doesn't have... That at least he's not picking up the game as quickly as you as you would like for a number two overall pick. Mike White, also in that QB room in New York, seems like a guy that is better than Zach Wilson. Um, even Chris Strebler, they bring the guy from the Canadian Football League off of the practice squad to be the number three quarterback in this game. They put him in, and he's just running the ball all over us because we're not ready to defend it. But at least he he looked better in some ways than Zach Wilson as well, and that is not a good sign. So. Money Mike, what are your thoughts on the the situation with the Jets, a franchise that has been also a poverty franchise compared to the Jaguars? Hasn't made the playoffs in 2010 and probably isn't going to happen this year either. Yeah, I think the Jets' uh, playoff hopes are dwindling away. Um, And I think that Zach Wilson was just another one of those Jets misses. I mean, you have Geno Smith, who had a good year this year with Seattle, but overall like was a bust for the Jets when they got him. Sam Darnold was a complete bust for the Jets when they got him. Um, and who and he might actually win his division <laughs> in the next couple of weeks in, in playing for the Panthers. But yeah. um There's a chance. There's a chance. But uh overall was not, you know, was a bust for the Jets. Um and, and Zach Wilson's just added to that that lineup. He just doesn't have um I, I think he tries to do too much when he's out there. He he can't win over the locker room. He has a pretty shitty attitude. and It seems like um, that's the biggest issue, right, is that he's lost the locker room. That seems like the the overarching conversation among analysts and, and former players. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's unfortunate because the Jets really this year have had a really good, you know, playoff caliber defense. Um, yeah. And they just couldn't get the quarterback right. I mean, Joe Flacco's washed up. Zach Wilson sucks. Mike White can't stay healthy. Uh, so it just hasn't been a good combination of things. I mean, that's really, that's how simple yeah, it is. It's, it's true. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, so it's, I, it's a wild situation. Yeah. So, so like the jets are now, you know, their rosters rumored around, okay, they have a lot of the pieces. They just need a quarterback. So you're hearing rumors of Jimmy Garoppolo playing for the jets next year, possibly Tom Brady going to the jets next year. Um, so there's all these different rumors that are going about like who the jets quarterback is going to be next year. Cause they don't, they aren't the same old jets, 
in terms of they're in the top five for a draft pick. So it's not like they're going to be drafting a guy in the top five again. So it, it's interesting what's going to happen with them. The rumor between Tom, uh, with Tom Brady and the Jets, I think is interesting just because he has one of his sons uh, lives with his mom part-time in New York. So that's why like the Jets is a strong possibility. I mean, he was on a radio show years ago, quoted word for word, I hate the Jets. So I doubt he goes to the Jets. <laughs> but <laughs> it would definitely be an interesting storyline for him to be in New York, having lost to the Giants in two Super Bowls and playing against the Patriots twice a year. I just think it's funny. But the Jets have a very big game this week against the Seattle Seahawks because that game has so many ramifications to it for other teams in the league not just for the seahawks and the jets to keep their playoff hopes alive but the dolphins need the jets to lose that game the giants in washington and detroit and green bay need seattle to lose that game so it can affect so many different outcomes for so many other people so there's a big concentration on that game in the pacific northwest between the jets who i don't know if mike white's gonna be cleared to play or not but i hope so because i, I believe he has been jets i think he's been cleared yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So I, I again for those scenarios where the Giants choke against Indianapolis, I want the Jets to just beat the crap out of Seattle. <laughs> right. Yeah. For your own sake as well. So that that's going to be an and interesting I need, matchup. I need, I need I need your Vikings this week. Green Bay's on a hot streak. I I need you guys to to smoke <laughs> them out. It's not oh, their torch. Oh, I know. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup to talk about here in a sec. But Steve, let's go back to Zach Wilson real quick. I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit on the show before, but Zach Wilson obviously being from Utah, you spending a lot of time out in Utah, kind of ingraining yourself in that uh, that area, that uh, lifestyle, I guess you could say a little bit. And a lot of people, there's a lot of buzz about Zach Wilson coming out of there, obviously playing for BYU. Um is this at all surprising to you? I'm guessing no, right? We've kind of talked about it a little bit, maybe a little early to kind of write the kid off already, but the situation just seems to have really gotten out of hand. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I was going to say, too. I don't... It, I I hold no, like, animosity towards Zach Wilson. It's just the things I've heard about people that actually know his family and everything. He just didn't seem like the type of kid to come in and, like, be the starter in terms of just the little things I know. It seems like he's never had to face adversity in his life, really. Comes mm. from a very rich white suburban family which again that i'm not saying that's a bad thing it's just he went to the perfect prep school never like they went undefeated and won the state championships i think two out of his four years when he was in utah when he i think he was a sophomore junior whatever it was went to byu on a full ride and then did do really well at byu but again byu is facing this the stiffest competition each year um i mean not that a qb like that can't come out and do well we josh Allen went to wyoming same division as uh, the college I worked at, Utah State University, and would come <laughs> destroy the Aggies <laughs> once a year. But it's just all the things kind of factored factored into, like Mike said, a very up and coming good Jets team. I think they were looking for more of a put your nose to the ground and really go out there and work hard. And it just seems yeah. like that's not his type of he. I think he skated by a lot on pure athleticism and just good skill and i think the jets really need a grinder it seems like at quarterback whether that's an old vet, vet like tom brady or hopefully a young hungry kid still in his prime like jimmy g i just think they don't really have their quarterback as much as i think mike white wants it to be him yeah. i do think mike white looks okay i think they do need more veteran status there at um in that locker room and, and again i think one of their underrated features for the jets is actually their wide receiver crew is actually pretty stellar, honestly. Like it's this pretty underrated. Pretty, this is a very good roster. 
Yeah, is I, the only issue, and unfortunately, that's the biggest issue you could ever have on a team, right? Yep. So, in the long story short, I hold no ill will towards Zach Wilson. I'm sure he will get us a uh, backup job somewhere else in the league, and maybe he can have a Geno Smith-style caliber <laughs> year maybe later on Classic in his career. Yes. But I, I don't think he's touching uh, or smelling a starting position in the NFL for the next couple seasons, if I had to guess. Yeah, that, that's a that's a pretty good prediction, I would say. We'll see if that happens for Zach Wilson, if he's able to turn it around here. But obviously, as the media always does, we've been focusing on the negative for this matchup. So why don't we turn a little turn this a little positive here? Talk about the Jags a little bit. How exciting is it that they have been able to win three straight? First time since 2017 that they have won three straight. Uh, they've been able to get another road win after breaking a huge streak this year, uh, winning their first game on the road. Uh, earlier this season against the Chargers, and then now the second one here against the Jets. Very exciting as well. The tide is turning for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is looking fantastic. Everybody in the media is going gaga over him, saying he's going to be a top-five quarterback for years to come. I would tend to agree, but we'll see. You know, it's obviously uh, since week nine, he's been the best quarterback in the NFL, but that's a very small sample size. We will see what happens going forward. Big win going into a matchup against the Texans next week. That now does not really matter all that much in terms of the playoff race. Uh, the Titans losing to the Texans this past Sunday caused the Jaguars matchup against the Titans in week 18 in Jacksonville to be for the AFC South division title. So we basically are getting an early playoff game for the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, which is incredibly exciting and moves into my next point. I had something really big to share on this podcast surrounding the Jaguars. Uh, I know. It, it has been finalized. Today, I bought the flights. I'm going to the Jaguars-Titans game. Let's week go! 18. Um, this is a picture from the first time I went to TIAA Bank Field uh, where we, we watched the Jaguars lose pretty badly to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Jameis Winston. That was not fun. Um, but going to see your team for the first time at their home stadium, is it's an experience that Money Mike I know has had. Uh, Steve is looking forward to having that at some point soon. Um, the rain it's, was it's, horrible, but it was awesome to be there. You know, that, yeah. that was how I felt. It's it's such an amazing feeling, and I'm so excited to do it again in a game that actually matters, um, in a game that has a lot of weight to it, and is is going to. There's going to be a buzz in the air. It's most likely going to be a primetime game, whether it's a Saturday night or a Sunday night, depending on how some of the other games kind of shake out. Um, so are you going down the, on Friday? Yes. So <laughs> I'm flying down Friday evening. I'm going to be staying with Angelo, my oldest brother, in Fort Lauderdale. And then we are going to drive up either the Saturday or the Sunday, stay in Jacksonville for either one of the nights. And then we either come back to Fort Lauderdale and hang out for a day, or uh, I fly back um, the next so day. So it's going to be you, Kristen, and Angelo at the game? No, it's actually going to be me, Angelo, and potentially his friend, Mike. Uh, that's uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's probably going to be the group. There's going to be a lot of alcohol consumed, and it's... Uh, gonna be a good time so i'm very excited wanted to share that with you guys on the show here i was just gonna suggest you should go but you've already taken care of it so that's <laughs> awesome uh you know no it, the thing is is that I, I i was gonna say the most exciting thing about it was that because we kind of had came to terms with the jags win on thursday night and when it happened we're like yeah the jags won cool but the real important thing was can the titans lose one more game either houston or dallas and we all thought yeah, probably not the Houston game, but they could lose to the Cowboys. And now the Cowboys game means absolutely nothing. I mean, yeah. it probably will be better if they lose to the Cowboys and you guys continue your win streak, just keep momentum going into that final game and they continue going downward. Like that would just be 
better overall, I think, for momentum's sake. But, yeah, it's it's exciting that the Jags are playing in a meaningful game um, at home to go to the playoffs. And you're playing a team that, you know, is going to have Malik Willis starting, who, again, I think he has a lot of talent there, but I think that he's not yet ready to be a guy who leads an NFL team to, you know, winning a division. So, yeah, uh, I think the Jags have all the momentum. I think it's going to be a lot different than your last experience at a Titans-Jaguars game. Oh, that was um, terrible. Worst NFL <laughs> so, experience I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it depends on how other games this weekend go as to when they're going to schedule that, because if um, the Ravens-Bengals game were to be for the division, that might be a primetime game because it's Cincinnati-Baltimore, and if Lamar was coming back for it, then that, that would probably get precedence over the AFC South. But honestly, if you look at it, the Buccaneers could have the South wrapped up this week. The Giants would have another spot wrapped up this week. Washington and Miami could clinch this week as well. So that might be really the only playoff scenario game going into next week. In that case, that would probably be the Sunday night game, I would imagine. First time since 2008, if it ends up being on Sunday night football. (laughs) That's the only thing I would be kind of disappointed about is I would miss the first Sunday night football broadcast for the, with the Jags in 14 years, but I can watch it back. Record, record, really record it to. so you can rewatch it. Rewatch <laughs> yeah. the intro. I mean, exactly. obviously you would only rewatch it if they won, but yeah, I was yeah. going to say, or not rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other, but yeah, Steve, I'm excited, man. I really, I really hope you can go see the Vikings live soon. Cause, cause oh. it's, it's an incredible feeling to go to an NFL game and be surrounded by mostly other people rooting for the same team as you. It's yeah. just a different experience. Hopefully next year. That's that's probably the plan. Nice. Visit yeah. Minnesota. Go to the Mall of America. <laughs> a couple of the other classic Minnesota spots. But hopefully next year is the, yeah. the goal. I just got to wait for that schedule to pop out and get tickets early before they go up to two, $300 a ticket. But <laughs> Yeah. And, and Steve, you're lucky. Your team plays indoors. Like for me, it was great to go see the Giants for the first time. Like I loved going to the Hall of Fame section and seeing all the like Hall of Fame heads that they have in there. I took a selfie with the Michael Strahan one. Uh, and seeing the four Lombardi trophies that the Giants have was really cool to see those in person. Um, and then it was cool in warm-ups to see like Odell Beckham and Eli. Uh, you know, I got to scream at Tom Coughlin, you know, walking in the stadium with his Jack stuff like a 15-year-old girl. Um, <laughs> but it was cool. It, yeah, it's up. <laughs> uh, but it was cool to um, – to be around, like Drew said, around people who are all loving your team just as much as you do. And I also loved how they were so nice to Drew being in the Jags fan. He's like, oh, wow, most of these Giants fans aren't like Money Mike. They're not arrogant assholes. So this is great. <laughs> that That's generally been the experience, though, for most stadiums I've been to. Especially the New nice. England fans, right? Sorry, yeah. Drew. <laughs> well, because that game was actually for something, right? Whereas, like, every other game I've gone to, it's just a regular season game where you're playing the Jags. Like, who cares about the Jags? So it's like, everybody's like, oh, look. There are Jags fans. That's kind of more the, the feeling I get when I do, do see you, people. What do you think the ratio is going to be of Jags Titans fans at the game? Because we've seen Jaguar games where, like, like when the Giants played them, you know, there were a lot of Giants fans there. When the 49ers played the Jaguars or the Packers, you saw mostly those teams' colors. Uh, but I don't know if Tennessee fans necessarily travel well at all. And it's a division rival, so I don't. And it's and it'll be a meaningful game. So I, I what do you, do you think it's going to be like? 70 30 80 20 i think it's going to be 80 20 at a minimum i like like you said the titans are a division opponent so titans fans i mean they could come and see the jags every year right so it's not like a lot of titans fans were marking this on their calendar and like okay we are going to this game at the beginning of the season 
And then I think once this game was solidified as one that was going to be for the division, every Jags fan in Jacksonville is going to come out of the woodwork and make sure they're at this game. Because it's a, it's an opportunity to see your team actually play in a game that matters and that has some like playoff implications. And that's something we have not experienced that much in the past decade as Jaguars fans. So I think it's going to be pretty packed. Not as packed as the Cowboys game, but packed. So two questions, two follow-up questions to that. A, are you going to wear the ETN jersey? Hmm. Uh, and, depends. It's either going to be the the classic Jones Drew jersey or the ETN. It's it's one of those two. Okay. And then two, where are your seats in comparison to where you sat for the Tampa Bay game? We haven't gotten our tickets yet. Uh, wow. I'm still waiting on a couple things, but I would like to get them in the 100s. But damn, like like Steve said, NFL tickets are getting expensive, man. So we might end up being uh in the nosebleeds around the 50 yard line behind the visitor bench. But we'll see. You know, it's uh. Playing it by ear, it's a, it's kind of a last minute thing. So, but we're going. I, I got the flights booked, so we're going. But, um, right. yeah, I'm excited. Steve, uh, d- did you were you able to catch any of the Titans, Texans game? Uh, I was not able to catch any of it, but okay. I will say for the record, I have a bone to pick with the Detroit Lions. Because oh, geez. We have, okay, here we go. We, <laughs> it, it, it all, it, it's coming full circle, I promise, about the Titans, okay. because I had a seven-game parlay all locked up, and I even picked the Texans to beat the Titans this week because of how decent the Texans have been looking, how bad I feel like the Titans have been playing, especially with five the straight, loss. Five straight losses. I, five straight and the loss of Tannehill. And yeah. this podcast has been... Behind the Detroit Lions, <laughs> even as a Vikings fan on it, for the entire year, and those scumbags go out and ruin a seven-game parlay and put up a goose egg. Is it Ian that likes the, the Panthers? Yeah, fuck or... you, Ian. Yeah. Fuck you, I'm, ha- I'm happy for the Panthers, but <laughs> you guys owe me a couple hundred dollars on that, because I even picked that Titans one, but... It wasn't even close either, man. It the wasn't Panthers even. It wasn't even close. <laughs> yeah, the, but, they were. Lions couldn't stop the run at all. So I was paying attention. I didn't catch any of it live, but I I was paying attention to my phone. The score for just my parlay reason about the Titans Texans game. And again, I'm. I mean, it sounds like a cocky. Better and sports better, but I did pick the Texans to beat the Titans. I yeah. I thought going into that game, the Titans looked pretty awful lately. Get lost handheld and the Texans. They've played two of the top teams in the NFL very tough the past two weeks before that in the Chiefs and the Cowboys. So I'm honestly not surprised. The Detroit game, that surprised me. (laughs) We've been making fun of the Panthers all year, and they came in and a very streaking Detroit team kind of laid it on them. So, yeah, we've been making fun of the Panthers all year, and we've been respecting the Lions, and (laughs) come came to bite us in the ass. Yeah, but that, I was I was happy about it. I was like, "Yeah, go Panthers!" Because that that knocked Detroit down a peg, and it just made the path for the Giants so much easier. So, fine with me. Point. Yeah, because you were saying that the Lions were a lock last week, right? You were like, "Yeah, there's no oh, way yeah. to lose in this game." And no way. I thought out. the Lions. I thought the Lions were going to win out. I said their schedule was so easy. I was like, "They're playing Carolina, then they play the Bears, and then they play Green Bay." Who at that point I was like, "Well, Green Bay's going to lose to Miami, and then they'll lose to Minnesota." So Green Bay won't even care the last week of the season. So Detroit will probably just roll over them. Yeah, but. The Green Bay Packers, Steve. I mean, they every. I was talking about how the Giants, even though they didn't win, every scenario they needed to happen happened. For Green Bay, their path is just now. They have to play you guys, and if they happen to win at home versus you guys, they have a home game against Detroit. And if uh, they need one of two other scenarios to happen in order, they need to win out, 
those two games, and then they need either the Giants to lose two games, which is very possible. I hope not, but it's very possible. Or they need Washington to just lose one game. They play Cleveland, and then they play Dallas. And if those things happen, the Green Bay Packers somehow just backdoored their way into the playoffs. I mean, I saw that they were behind by 10 on Christmas Day, and I was like, okay, they're, they're done. They're, but they were able to manage a comeback. And the oh my god they've tormented you guys in the north for years you guys have a scenario for both you and detroit to finally you know uh, face your attacker like confront the attacker and take them down like steve you gotta you, the vikings have to come through this week but it's the ghosts of lambeau field i guess that are that's that's scary <laughs> oh yeah and i know i went on that big rant last week and we talked about it but i've seen i mean nick padula even said last week the packers have been this very trendy team to talk about i feel like all the stuff early on in the year again their w- rookie wide receivers Aaron Rodgers drama they've slowly been figuring it out i would say throughout these past couple years i think or i'm sorry past couple weeks and it all kind of, I think, culminated with the Dallas Cowboys win. I think that's when everyone started kind of being like, oh, yeah, this this Packers team isn't that bad anymore. Watson's showing up again. Obviously, they have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, as a Vikings fan, obviously blew them out week one, which is just week one. But I've been seeing that and seeing that the Vikings are still in that second seed. I kind of hope that the 49ers might take it from us. And if the Packers streak in there, that they get to face Christian McCaffrey instead. But I, again, I do well against San Francisco in the no, playoffs. That, they, do not. I, <laughs> they do not. And I would love that a lot. So, but again, I'm, I'm not surprised. I hope Minnesota can put a stomping on them this week and put kind of a crush Aaron Rodgers dreams. And he can go play for the jets if he wants to, or Sam Fran, if, Purdy doesn't work out, but <laughs> what's crazy is you guys blew them out week one. You guys are twelve and three. They're seven and eight, and they're still favored three and a half in this game. Oh yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it later in the playoffs. But you kind of already mentioned it. The Giants, if they do face the Vikings again, have a good chance. I think as much as I love my team and they are twelve and three, I mean, it is an NFL record. They've won eleven games within one score. I think everybody in the NFC that gets in wants to play the Vikings instead of San Fran, the Eagles, or probably the Cowboys. I mean, even if I was the Vikings, I'd favor them over the Bucks or the Panthers if they get in. Yeah. But but besides that, probably anyone who gets in the NFC probably wants to face the Vikings, honestly. So if you're Detroit or the Packers, you're kind of hoping that you get lined up against a divisional rival and that's probably your best bet in terms of the top teams, at least in the NFC, to get through the next round. Unless, yeah. again, probably the NFC South. But Yeah, I, I'll be honest. As a Giants fan, knowing that I'm either – if the Giants secure that playoff spot, they're either playing San Francisco or Minnesota. I would rather play Minnesota than San Francisco. Um, one, because I we've already seen Minnesota. We've already, we've already proven that we can play tight with them. You know, so it's – where San Francisco is just such a better roster and there's such a question mark for the Giants in terms of like they haven't seen them yet. You know, for me, it would be the best case scenario for us to play Minnesota because we'd have that second look at them. And again, we have the confidence to play because I'd feel more confident about playing Minnesota than playing Philly, than playing Dallas because Dallas beat us twice. Philadelphia killed us once with their starters. Um, And uh, so, yeah, San Francisco, I, I feel like they beat us. That's why I'm kind of hoping Washington gets that last playoff spot because we've beaten them once and tied with them once. So if we had to match up with them in the playoffs in some crazy scenario, I feel confident about that. 
Um, so yeah, however it works out, whether we're the sixth seed or the seventh seed, I hope the team are playing in the first round in Minnesota. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, Money Mike has some hopes for his New York Giants. Uh, Ian with the comment here, shout out to Tua, turn the ball over. And I think that is the perfect way to segue to our guest here. We have Nick Padula on episode 100 of another damn sports podcast, probably the most consistent contributor to this podcast. And we very much appreciate him for that. How are you doing, buddy? After this big win over the Chicago bears. And then we'll talk a little bit about your uh, division rivals, the Miami dolphins afterwards. Are you guys have fans? Am I one of them? I think I count. I think I qualify. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have few, very few, but we have some. Well, I'm glad to be able to uh, to contribute to all of those many millions of listeners out there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, the Bills are still where we thought they would be. Um, they're able to take care of um, teams that they should be able to take care of. Um, not always in the best, cleanest way possible, but, you know, sometimes the better team just wins. Um, and this, I think, was one of those cases this week. The Bills really didn't do anything terrific, and Josh Allen still made a couple of those bad mistakes that um, we've seen from time to time this year. But when the defense can absolutely shut down the other team, um, like they did to Justin Fields and, and the Bears' offense in this game, um, for the most part, and then you can rush the ball for 200 yards with your two running backs. I mean, you could beat anybody like that in, in the cold and in any sort of environment that they should be expected to play in in the playoffs. So um, I'm just glad to see them take care of business. And um, in that, that game with the Miami game was so frustrating to watch. Um, you know, I, I, watching as just a fan of football, you think I was honestly more sick of listening about the Packers being alive still than I was about the Dolphins. Like, I'm not that, that worried about the Dolphins. They really should have beat the Packers and put them away pretty easily. And turns out, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of what happened in the second half of that game with Tua making some really suspect decisions had a lot to do with his head getting smashed off the turf again. So to have three, like, pretty significant concussions in the same season is dramatic and for two of them to happen in a game that he also finished is just like I don't know how much worse it could get like that's bad he played like, like probably a full game of football combined in those the second and third games he got knocked out in like he yeah. bashed his head off the turf in so you have to chalk up some of those those interceptions were bad that he threw in the second half of that game um they're really bad I, you don't yeah. like to see it's not it's not great. It's not great to see. I mean, I know that they're a rival and like I don't care about the Dolphins and I hope that they lose every game they play from here on out, but you don't want to see them go out like this. And I'm afraid they're just kind of trending in the wrong direction and they may have just actually lost their quarterback. I said this the last time he bashed his head off the turf. I don't mm -hmm. like do you guys think he's actually going to be out for now I mean, they or should, they should shut him down for the season given the three mm -hmm. injuries in the 3 month period. Yeah. to the head like that's just like i mean people talk about the nfl season as like oh this year when really the nfl season is only like you know a handful of months you know right. and it, from september 25th to december 25th Tua has experienced three head injuries that's not good and it's just like at this point you just kind of i think they should shut him down until next season yeah. uh, I don't because they keep missing his like his head was whipped off the turf again and nobody nobody came and grabbed him nobody said hey we should check him out you would think especially 
somebody who's had multiple like situations already in the season that they would have a, even more heightened awareness on plays for those players and it's crazy to me that he, it, it happened again that he played the rest of the game and it comes out afterwards like oh yeah he's in concussion protocol because look at this play that happened what was it in like the second or third quarter i don't even know it was early in it the was game early. again yeah it's, it, it's so, definitely not a good look for the NFL. I 100% agree. And yeah, those some of the plays he was making in the second half were very uncharacteristic, and the, the head injury definitely explains it. Obviously, I, I know, Nick, you think he's, he's definitely overrated, uh, which which can be a, a debate for sure. But the, those plays he was making in that second half made it look like he just didn't know where he was, right? And yeah, that, I, wanted was, yeah. Here, I wanted to come on here and trash Tua, but <laughs> it's, if it's honestly that, like, he's seeing things and like he wasn't in his right mind. Like how can you can't bash a guy? You shouldn't have been out there playing. Like that's scary shit. I don't want to see somebody. I obviously like you guys all know, like the shit that happened in Phoenix high school. Like yeah. you don't want to screw around with that stuff. That goes beyond the, the like, it's a game that we're talking about that we right. love. But Like you don't want to see some dude's life come into jeopardy. And, the, and like, that's just not good. Like, yeah. I don't no, know. I, I, I'm, I 100% I'm glad agree. It's not my team. I'm glad it's not my team going through that. Yeah. I mean, the Dolphins have been the streakiest team in the NFL this year. I mean, weeks one through three, they're three and zero. Weeks four through six, they're zero and three. Weeks seven through twelve, they're five and zero. And then weeks thirteen through sixteen, they're zero and four. They're just like completely up and down this whole year. And I think now, it, it, I think they should shut Tua down for the rest of the year. And they have two games against division opponents that are fighting for their playoff lives. Um, so I, I think that the uh, Dolphins might actually they it turns out they might miss the playoffs. Because there's yeah. only one spot left in the AFC, and it's going to either go to the Dolphins, the Patriots, um, or the Jets. Um, and so I think there is a scenario, Drew, where it could go to the Jags or Titans, whoever loses the division. But uh, I think that's a little less likely. But yeah, um, it'd be a lot of it, losing it, out in that scenario. But um, yeah, yeah, the, the AFC playoff picture is definitely going to be interesting, Steve. Uh, real quickly, we're going to hop back to this Bills-Bears game very very quick because I know that the, Bill, the Bills were able to take care of business against a team that they should have beaten. Uh, Nick, I'll ask you this question too. Was it a little concerning the way Josh was playing in this game? With with He was playing a little bit of hero ball, but he didn't need to. We'll start with Steve. Do you, do you think that it, that's just kind of par for the course with Josh and we're just going to have to deal with it and hope that the rest of the team can kind of make up for those mistakes when needed? Yeah, I mean... I. It's definitely Josh Allen, but I don't know if it should be par for the course. You do want to make those hero plays, yeah. but in, in at least the game against the the Bears, I don't know if you have to. I mean, the Bears have been playing a lot of teams tough this year. I know the record doesn't really show that, but it's, especially since Fields has kind of come on. So I, I don't know if par for the course is the right word. Um, hopefully you want to see Josh clean it up just a little bit because of the playoffs. But again, that's kind of who he is as a quarterback, so you don't want to take that part away from him. It's just maybe not against the bears where you know eventually the better team it seems like for for this year i mean i do think the bears are going to be a trendy team here in the next couple couple seasons i think if they can get some playmakers around fields which is kind of scary for the vikings but um yeah yeah hopefully not par for the course in the playoffs and when he's facing some better teams hopefully he can just clean up a little bit but again that's that's josh allen he's going to make those plays though yeah that that's the type of player he is right nick I don't really buy into this whole narrative that he's somehow more like turnover prone than Mahomes or Burrow or like they all have very similar stats if you look at them as far as like how how much they throw and how much they throw interceptions. 
I don't like the two. Like, there's a difference between an interception that like was a good decision and an interception that just like. But one of these, he's throwing into double coverage to Isaiah McKenzie. Like, okay, I'm sorry if that's Stephon Diggs, I I could get around. Like why you would force the ball to Stephon Diggs, but if you're forcing the ball to one of your receivers that is drop prone anyway in double coverage, like why? What's the purpose of that? Right. Um, at least like have it be to one of your guys, um, and especially in the first half that Stephon Diggs has zero targets in the first half. So like if you're gonna force the ball, force the ball to him. Don't yeah. Like, and then the second interception was kind of something he just did not execute like he was not precise he he thought it was yeah. just this little floaty drop pass right. and it ended up looking like he was throwing it right to the linebacker with nobody else around he just overthrew the ball it was just yeah. a bad a well because in that one he was rolling out to his right and he threw across his body to his left right yeah and it was like yeah. an easy dump off pass and he just yeah. completely overthrew it and yeah so i think he was chomping at the bit to kind of try and shred this bears defense mm-hmm. um so I think there's something to that. Like, you know that you can't get away with things like that against the Bengals and against these playoff teams, the Chiefs, the Bengals, you know, sure. especially those two teams. Supreme confidence uh, in those situations, right? Whereas when you're playing against a team like the Chiefs, every play matters so much. You feel the weight of having to make the right decision. So you're not going to see that as much in those games. So I get what yeah. you're saying for sure. This isn't a new thing, though. You know, it's it's yeah. happened to him a few times this year. He knows exactly that. Like, when he makes bad decisions, it's not like he needs to be told, dude, you're seeing this wrong, whatever. Like, he knows what, what he's doing wrong. He's, like, one of the smarter quarterbacks. You, If you've heard him break down his own play, he's very self-aware of what's going on and what happened and what he should and shouldn't be doing. It just sucks to still see glimmers of it every now and then. So, yeah. um, But I think that's what you're going to get. But you'll take the good with the bad with Josh Allen, right, Mike? Like, like in, in the end. Having a guy like that is better than having most other guys. Yeah, I mean, you're going it, to – it's what you kind of uh, pay for with Josh Allen is that, yeah, you're going to have those miraculous highlight plays where, you know, they're going to make a statue of him over a jumping over a road sign, right? <laughs> you know, because he <laughs> leaps over everybody. Um, and he's going to make these amazing plays. He's going to be, you know, considered to be MVP at the beginning of the season. Um and if the Bills go on a playoff run, if they win the Super Bowl, he'll probably be the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, but he's, you know, he's a gunslinger, kind of like Brett Favre in a way, where Brett Favre is one of the halt. I know he's a shitty person with the whole charity scandal thing, but <laughs> talent-wise, he was, you know, considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He also has the most interceptions thrown all time, you know. So that was just, it was like you said, par for the course with Josh. That's just something he did um has done pretty much his whole career except for when brian dayball the great brian dayball coach of the new york giants cleaned up some of his turnovers last year um <laughs> so always turn but yeah back I, mean, to the I, I i think i I'll, I'll tell you this a lot of teams would trade in the quarterback they have now if they could re- replace them with josh allen i know i would oh. i'd rather have josh allen than daniel jones and i'm sure dallas would rather have josh allen than dak prescott tampa bay would probably rather have uh, Josh Allen and 45 year old Tom Brady, um, Brock Purdy in San Francisco, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, uh, Steve, uh, you know, pretty much everybody other than yeah. if you have Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts the way he's playing right now. I mean, I, I personally would rather have Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, but this year Jalen Hurts has played quite well. Um, you know, I'm sure, I, the I Bengals, think, I'm sure the Bengals would pick Joe Burrow over. Yeah, over I, I think the Bengals would pick Joe Burrow. I think Kansas City fans would stick with Patrick Mahomes and, um, 
that might that might be it. I mean, that might, everybody else would probably be yeah. like, okay. I, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly, Chargers and Herbert. I think that fan base loves Herbert and up and coming. I think it's he close. Had four fantasy I, points last night. He played like shit. Give me. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's a big Herbert hater today. That's for sure. I'm glad they did finally make the playoffs, though. You know, yeah. let's see it. Let's see yeah. it. the bright lights, pretty boy. Let's go, uh, <laughs> Nick. I'm telling you, I think it's NFL executives. Let's go, baby. It's time. NFL executives are super happy that Herbert's in the playoffs and they just want to make sure that Jacksonville gets in the playoffs too. So that's why I said, Drew, if the NFL is rigged in any way, Jags are going to the playoffs. (laughs) Absolutely. It's nice to be on that side for sure. But I know we've kind of intermittently talked about the playoff picture here. As you can see here, the Bills hold on to that number one seed, defeating Chicago last week. Kansas City took care of business as well. Cincinnati took care of business against the Patriots in a game that actually turned out to be a little bit more exciting than you thought when they first went up 22 to zero. Um, so another big NFL week, but everything stayed the same in the AFC, except for one thing that are these guys right here. Doesn't it feel good to see them on the screen as opposed to those shitty Titans boys? It has to be, it has to feel good, right, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> for, for, because I'm a, <laughs> your friend i guess yeah <laughs> i i wouldn't care really either way if obviously i didn't know you but <laughs> yeah, nice. it's nice to see someone different like you said besides the titans i guess and derrick henry just having to run over grown men to have them even have a chance in the game so yeah <laughs> i guess as a fan yeah it is good to see the jags there hell yeah and but, bills, uh, bills fans would rather see the jags than uh than tennessee because the, the buffalo bills have not had good history versus the tennessee titans uh so that's why it's uh it's probably good for from their perspective. Right and again, now, dude, the Bills would fucking dump on the Titans. They look so. I know bad they would, right and now. they did. They they, they did in week three. It yeah. was week oh, two or week yeah. three where they shot them. That, but like, no, I I think it's exciting for not only for you as our friend, but also for the NFL in general. Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys that you want to see in big moments in big games. We're gonna see it in week eighteen against Tennessee, and then we'll get a playoff game at home for him, either versus Baltimore or against Herbert. I think. Honestly, Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence would be a great first yeah, round, like game. exciting wild card weekend game. Because yeah, the thing rematch. with Baltimore is, if if Lamar Jackson isn't back, it's it's not the same. It's just not the same feeling. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, as so a Jags I, fan, you want to play Baltimore with no Lamar Jackson. That sounds great. Oh, sure. I would love that. Sure, sure. I'm just saying, from <laughs> from, from a uh, an NFL like sales perspective on getting fans excited about the the weekend. Yeah. That Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence that would probably get you a better time slot too for the playoff game because if it's yeah. Baltimore or Jacksonville you're probably gonna get that Saturday at four o'clock game you know yeah. to kick or off the, the 1 weekend PM game yeah, yeah the one that, p.m. game so yeah that's right they have a one p.m. game on Saturday but the real interesting yeah. thing for this NFL playoff picture from the AFC side is a who's gonna get that final wild card spot because the Dolphins technically can clinch if they win against New England this week and the Jets lose in Seattle um, but if the Dolphins lose. That means the Patriots will have that spot. And depending on what the Jets do in Seattle, there is a scenario where the team that gets that final spot will have a losing record at eight and nine. I mean, that is very possible to happen. And the other exciting thing on the, on the top of the AFC list is that bills Bengals game has huge implications on what's going to happen for the number one seed. The bills win that game and Kansas city somehow loses to let's cook Russ. Let's ride Russell Wilson in Denver, which won't happen. Um, the Bills in the number one seed, or the Bills go against the Patriots week 18 with a chance to, you know, clinch their final spot. And I think the NFL would really like that to be the case because you want as many meaningful games as you can in that last week of the season. So for the Patriots, the stakes would be if we win, we're in as a wild card. For the Bills, it's if we win, we're the number one seed and we host all the playoff games. That's a huge, exciting 
game all of a oh, sudden, yeah. even though the Bills took a big shit on New England and Foxborough a few weeks ago. Um, but the Bengals, um, potentially, if they win that game against Buffalo this weekend, um, if Kansas City were to lose against the Raiders, which I think is way more realistic than losing to Denver, um, then the Bengals would then be the number one seed, and it would be between the Bills and the Chiefs for the number two or three spot. Um, yeah. So that that the, 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 that's going to hugely impact how these playoffs play out because it's much different to go to Buffalo than it is to go to Kansas City. It's Absolutely. much different to go to Cincinnati than to go to Buffalo or Kansas City. So it's just I, – I think it's really exciting, and I think that um, for the Buffalo Bills, you want everybody coming to you. You want Bills Mafia being able to – intimidate you want the snow you want the weather advantage um so that you can uh pack your bags for arizona in uh february absolutely dude and that that's going to be so great if the bills are able to pull out the number one seed right nick it's like that this cincinnati game could not be any more big and it's going to be an exciting matchup you gotta wait till monday night for it (laughs) yeah it's great it's finally like one of these thursday or monday night games it's actually worth like waiting and waiting around and watching Um, but it's way bigger than just one game. I know we keep talking about like, oh, who's going to host the AFC championship game. But for this, it's really a two game swing. I mean, if they, if they win out and keep the one seed, then they probably line up with the winner of, I mean, right now it would be the Jags Ravens game. Mm-hmm. I, I am probably right. Most likely what's going to happen is Kansas city and Cincinnati are both going to win their games and have to play each other. And, and so the fact that those two are going to play each other and one of them is going to eliminate the other before somebody has to go play Buffalo in Buffalo, whereas in the alternate in the alternate reality where Buffalo loses to Cincinnati, they drop to the three seed, and then not only do you not get the bye, you probably only get one home game against you know whoever, and then you line up to probably have to go to Cincinnati and to Kansas City before you could get out of the AFC. It's just like an immensely harder path to not be the one seed this year specifically. Cause I really think it's those three teams against the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so whoever has home field advantage and being around behind that, like how you line up in the bracket, it's just so important. And, and the thing that gives me confidence going into this game is I rewatched those highlights of the Bengals Patriots game and all I kept thinking is if the Patriots had Josh Allen in this game, with everybody else the same, everything else the same, they would have ran all over this Bengals team. The Patriots should have won that game so many different times, and they just don't have a guy at quarterback. They just Mac Jones is just not a guy. He's yeah. he's just not he can't escape the pocket. He can't do any of these things, even to a slight functional level, let alone a Josh Allen level. And I'm all I kept thinking to myself is, God, if they just had a guy who could pick up first downs on a broken play every now and then, they would have won that game, and they didn't. I mean, it's amazing to me. The other three teams in the AFC East just seem to be finding ways to fall apart right now. Um, we talked about the, the Patriots are, like, the least falling apart team right now, and they just had, like, the worst collapse at the end of a game we've ever seen in NFL history last week. Right. So it's amazing what recency bias does to us. You know, the Jets are completely in free fall. The Dolphins may have lost their quarterback, and all of a sudden we're back to, oh, the Patriots might sneak their way into the playoffs. Steelers have a shot. According to Ian, Steelers have a shot. Yeah, yeah they're not. St- yeah, yeah and, and here's the big th- factor for this Monday night game is uh, Lyle Collins for uh, Cincinnati is out for the season now. 
So the Bengals have been struggling with their offensive line all year long. He was one of their more reliable guys, and he's out for the year. So yeah. that hurts Cincinnati dramatically because if they can't protect Joe Burrow, they're going to look like the Cincinnati team we saw at the beginning of the season. And that means that for Buffalo, with that defense, I would just attack that spot on the line all night long, just put the pressure on to get to Burrow because Buffalo is getting healthier on the defensive end. And I think that it's only going to help uh, secure that spot. And I agree with Nick. Your path is so much harder if you're a two or three seed in the AFC because that means you have to play both, you know, two of the big the, – the three big monsters in the AFC between Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati, whereas if you're the one seed, you only have to play one of them, and it's going to be at home. And yeah. so more than likely, the way that it, it, that it shapes out. Uh, and no disrespect to um, Baltimore without Lamar or the Chargers or, you know, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. It's just they're not on that level yet. I feel like that Cincinnati and Kansas City are oh, – um, you know, so that that to me, I think it matters so much more. And I, I really do hope uh, that it is Buffalo versus Kansas City. That's what I'm rooting for as an outside fan of not either team, just because I'm like, that would just be the rematch. The this the the hype of it would just be so cool. Uh, a perfect AFC uh, playoff for me is the Jags win their first round game. They play Buffalo in the second round. And then uh, you get Buffalo, Kansas City in the AFC championship. Those, that would check all the boxes on my fandom list. Yeah. And I only want the Jags Bills playing because I think it'd be funny for you, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would be a fun one for sure. Um, hey guys, I have a question. I mean, if, assuming you're about to uh, transition into the picks for this week, yes. do you think that we could get like the Broncos to hire some former player, like I don't know, Emmanuel Sanders, maybe Tim Tebow, come coach the team for a week and <laughs> and, and, and and get a win like Jeff Saturday did in his first ever. Manning. I mean, his buddy Jeff Saturday's coaching the Colts. Why not Peyton Manning go coach the Broncos? Yeah, yeah, there we go. I I would. I just it's that's like the biggest game on the calendar on the schedule this week, and obviously the Bills don't play till Monday night. So it would be great to sit back and watch the terrible Denver Broncos come out and beat the Chiefs, but I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't think the Chiefs are losing either either of these last two games. I don't think so either, but how many times have we seen it happen where a team fires a head coach and then following week they win the game? True. Yeah, so it is, it is an interesting thing to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll dive into the picks for this week's game, or this, this week's slate. Um, as you can see here, it's going to be a very exciting one, starting with the Cowboys taking a dump by the Titans on Thursday Night Football. Can't wait to watch that one, but we'll talk about only our team's games here, and we'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. Um, coming into this game, obviously, as I said before, the, this game does not mean much in terms of playoff implications, other than the fact that if the Jaguars win out, it gives them a, a well, I guess if they win this game and then lose to Tennessee, there's a chance that they could get in with the wild card, but a lot of things would need to happen for them to do that. So um, a lot of Jags fans are talking about, oh, are they going to rest the guys? Are they just going to make sure that everybody comes into the Titans game healthy? I don't think Doug Peterson's going to do that. If there's any guys that are borderline, I think he will sit them. But it, it, as long as you're healthy enough, you're going to play. Because you want to win this game. It would feel great for this team to come out of this season with a winning record something that nobody would have ever expected during October. So I, I think it would just mean a lot for the franchise if you're able to pull out a 9-8 and record, get yourself that home playoff game, and get yourself a win. So since this game does not mean too much for playoff implications, I'm just going to pick the Jags to win this game. No superstition here. If they lose this game, it's whatever. Um, I'm going to go with what I actually think is going to happen. I'm going to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Steve, what do you think? Yep, I'm going to go with the Jags. I think they're looking... 
really good these last few weeks, obviously, going into the playoffs. And like you said, I think they're really going to strive for not even just making the playoffs, like you said, but a winning record, which, again, not even you as a Jags fan back in October (laughs) said so. But Mike and I did say, not that we called it, we did say just not to lose hope again after that Detroit game because there was still a – we knew you were in a shitty division and there was still hope to make the playoffs, so. Yes, that was a fantastic – positive injection that you guys gave me that week so i appreciate that money mike what do you think well i think that you can't have um you can't have the mindset of oh we maybe we should rest guys because this game really is like tennessee because a scenario as i just went over where the jags could still make the playoffs as a wild card team with a nine and eight record so you want to win out um obviously well if they win out then they wouldn't be the wild card they'd be the division winner but um you want to make sure you win you gotta have to go out there and win every game and I think that the Jags are going to ride their momentum. They lost to the Texans in a very ugly first game, but it wasn't like the Texans, like, you know, marched all over them or anything. So I think that the Jaguars come out here, they beat the Texans, and they line themselves up to keep that momentum going against Tennessee in Week 18. All righty. And uh, Nick, what do you think? I think this is uh, the Jags' time to prove themselves, right? So a lot changed last week where they were kind of under the radar for this whole season. I mean, we talked a little bit about them having a chance to win the division early in the season, but then they kind of fell off and they've even just being like a game lurking behind the Titans. No one was really talking about them until bang, all of a sudden they're in first place. So now you line up against the Houston Texans who have been showing the league that they're, they can be competitive, but they're not going anywhere this year. Right. So it's the Jags opportunity to be like, Hey, we're a first place team. Every game from here on out, we got to be in playoff mode. Like, and those guys, if they're not like, they don't deserve to go to the playoffs. So you got to be able to step up and be like, Hey, if we're going to do this. Let's it's go. It's go time. Let's put these teams away. Let's get there. So I think the Jags pull this out and I, I hope to see it pretty convincingly. I'd like to see a competitive Jaguars team going into the playoffs. Yeah, no, that, that would be a fun thing to watch in the Houston a team that has had our number for a while, so we also want to get that monkey off of our back. Moving on to the next matchup here, we had the Indianapolis Colts traveling to MetLife Stadium to face the New York Giants. Money Mike, this is a must-win game for you in your mind, I'm guessing, and you think they're going to be able to pull it off. It's win and in. It's win and in. It doesn't matter what else happens. The Giants win this game. They are in the playoffs, and it's I've, I've said it countless times on this podcast. Your expectations uh, will create your reaction. Now, the Giants should win this game, so if they don't, I'm going to be really pissed. But it is—it scares the hell out of me because it's like because they should win, they might you know make the moment too big and drop it. But I think that Brian Dayball uh, has created an atmosphere where the Giants have been talking about it's one game at a time this whole season. And I think they'll be able to. I think they'll. I hope it's an uncharacteristic win for the Giants. I hope they just beat the fucking shit out of them and they win like 34 to 10, like something like that. I would just be so happy. Uh, but uh, I think the Giants will play a very close game with the Colts. I think the Colts will play better than they played against the Chargers, and it'll be one of those grimy, ugly Giants games, but then they'll win it in the fourth quarter. So I think the Giants win, and they clinch their first playoff spot since 2016. All right, and Steve, would you agree? Yep, I'm going to go Giants in this one too for everything Mike said. Part of me did want to say Colts just so Mike could sweat it sweat it out, and then I was going to pick the Giants to win next week and still send them to the playoffs. But I do think the Giants clinch this week and beat the Colts. All right, yeah, I think uh, it, it's an easy pick here. The Colts are battling with the Broncos on a week-to-week basis for who looks the worst, I would say. That's what scares uh, so, me about this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm going to take the Giants here. Nick, I'm guessing you're doing the same. 
Yeah, I was going to say, if you could tell me I'm in a win-and-in situation, I could pick any team in the league to play. Like, if you're not going to pick the Broncos, you probably pick the Colts or the Jets right now. So, like, um, they got a pretty favorable favorable line here to get, go through the Colts just to win and get in. I would take that any day. I think the Giants should take care of business here, um, put, put a bad team away. I, I'd also throw in the Browns. They look they look terrible since Watson came came back. Yeah. Like like he's in need of a massage. Bad. It, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, definitely not a good look. And it's unfortunate because you say the Broncos and Colts, and we're talking about how bad they are. Two teams that the Jags have lost to this season. So that that one. Yeah, the Chiefs will... lost to the Colts this year. So it'll make sense of that. Yeah, yeah. But all right, we'll move on to the next one here. Minnesota Vikings traveling to Lambeau Field to face. Steve's favorite team, the Green Bay Packers. Well, I'll let you take the floor here. How do you think this is going to go? Will the Vikings kill the Packers' playoff chances? Uh, no, I think the Packers are sadly going to win and make me go into more of a depression that the scenario of Aaron Rodgers, I have to listen to him on the Pat McAfee show the Tuesday after the first round, being the Vikings comes closer to fruition. I, I do actually think the Packers win this. I think they're favored for a reason. They're streaking. I know the Vikings are also streaking right now, but I, I just feel like these this Packers team is actually getting a renewed sense of confidence, especially with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. I hope that this is me being superstitious that I do the Vikings do pull out the win and just end all this Packers talk for one more year, and then everything can implode and Aaron Rodgers can go do peyote in the desert or something over the summer. But I I do honestly I've picked every single Vikings loss this year, and I do think that. Again, we've been coming off the high of a couple games in a row, and it always seems to be the, the MO for this Vikings team where they get a couple close wins, a couple Greg Joseph field goals, and I do think that it's a divisional game, and the Packers usually we split one-on-one one with the Packers almost every year, and, and we already beat them once week one, so I think the Packers are going to beat the Vikings at home. And then I just hope that, you know, they lose the next one against Detroit, and Detroit makes the playoffs. <laughs> there you go. That's a... It's a very level-headed uh, prediction there from you, Steve. So hopefully you're wrong. I am going to pick the Minnesota Vikings to win this game because they have been my pick all year, man. They're going to the Super Bowl. Money Mike, what do you think is going to happen? So here's what scares me. One, what Steve said about how they always split with Green Bay and they've already won one game. The momentum the Green Bay Packers have had. Um, the fact that this game's going to be at 4 o'clock on CBS. I think CBS is carrying it. Uh, so it's not at 1 o'clock. So Kirk Cousins is out of his comfort zone there. That scares me. Um, but, uh, I'm actually going to pick the Vikings as well. I think, uh, Drew will really appreciate this reference. Some of our listeners will, it's going to be like when future trunks went back to his time and killed the androids and then he's killing cell. And one of the the line he says when he's blowing cell up is he says the nightmare's over cell die. I think that's what Minnesota does. The nightmare's over green Bay die. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Taking out the big bad. I like that. Mike. Yeah. So I'm going with Minnesota. They, they, end the, the torment is over in the North. They win the North convincingly. They've already won the division, but this is a more of a stomp uh, their foot on their there hated rival. Uh, burrito Bandit love the DBZ. It just helps the Giants in case we fuck up against the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And Burrito Bandit love the DBZ reference. So thank you for that, Mike. Uh, yes. Nick, uh, what do you think with this game? And you said you're done with the Packers, so I'm guessing you're gonna pick the Vikings just to yeah, hope that they're so yeah. I'm trying to like think in my head, was it more just being sick of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, or was I like sympathizing with with Steve and his Vikings fandom? Like I'm sure Steve was rooting for 
for the Dolphins actively in that game. Too. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I was. It's weird because I'm like never rooting for another AFC East team, but I found myself like wanting the Dolphins to just put them away, like like kill the bug, squash it, turn your turn your foot on it. Um, and it just feels like that was a miss, a real big missed opportunity. Um, but it's great to be the Vikings, know that you're the better team this year and have the opportunity to finish the job yourself. So it would be pretty sad if they couldn't. Um, and I've seen enough of just throwing the ball up in Justin Jefferson's zip code to know how big of an X factor that is. I honestly think that if the Vikings put this game away and he has another game like he's capable of, Justin Jefferson should be getting multiple votes for MVP this year. And I know that like that might be a hot take. Um, we were just talking probably, about that. We were saying we that show. before you came yeah. <laughs> I just I've got more faith in them the way that they've had I have no idea how they've won some of these games that they've pulled out this year. But they've got something extra that a lot of teams don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I, I gotta pick the Vikings just because that's where my gut is telling me um, it's got to be the pick, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it would never be surprising for the Packers to win. Wasn't there some sort of stat that they haven't lost a game in December in like way too long? Yeah, like they they, they, they've won so many game. games in December the last few years. And so, I mean, like Nick, Nick, not, the not many uh, Packers, in January, but <laughs> Nick, that's true. Nick, the uh, the Packers to Steve is like Donald Trump to you. They just don't go away. <laughs> you gotta squash the bug. You gotta squash the bug. All righty, Nick. Well, we'll turn it right back around, give you the floor once again. The Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals, the matchup of the week. Who are you officially taking? Uh, I'm taking the Bills. I think they've got a better defense, and I think Josh Allen has way more to his game in his running ability than Joe Burrow does. Otherwise, I see them very similar. Um, I think they both have good weapons. Um, they both have really good run games right now. I know that the Bills' run game is a little bit overlooked, and but the way that they've been able to run the ball, um, they're they're right there with some of the best rushing offenses in the league, um, you know, statistically. So I give the Bills the edge. I think that they're they're the team ready, most ready for this moment, and they've got that Super Bowl edge on their shoulders that they they know what they need to do. And um, I just I believe in that that coaching staff's ability to harness all of the adversity they've had to go through with all these freaking snowstorms and craziness like that team has gone through a lot this year and they just keep winning games so um you know i think you got to give the edge to the bills and i'm, I'm gonna pick them in this game it's gonna be a good one though all right yeah i'm going to do the same pick the bills kind of a homer pick want to see them win want to see them get that number one seed steve uh, what are your thoughts i'm actually gonna pick the Bengals for this one Joey B's kind of been my guy for a long time, even though the Bills are my second favorite team in the NFL, and I would like nothing more than the two 0-4 Super Bowl teams this year to face each other because the Vikings are going to lose to anybody in the Super Bowl. If they were to make it, I would hope it would be the Bills. But I do think at least... That's mine. Vikings-Bills, let's go, baby. Battle of the (laughs) 0-4s. But I do think in this scenario and in the regular season right now, I do think the Bengals... Uh, the Bills obviously are coming in hot as well, too, but I think the Bengals are coming in a little bit hotter, a little more polished right now, even though that Patriots game wasn't the best showing of them But a couple weeks before. But I do think, Bills fans, when it comes to the playoffs, I think the script would be written that they do go to KC, they do go to Cincinnati, that would be the case and win there. But I do think for this game, 
I think the Bengals have the slight edge. I think it's going to be a good game, though, either way. Oh, absolutely. Money Mike, you're the last one up. What do you think? Well, I'm surprising myself with this pick. And I, if you had asked me last week before who I thought was going to win this game, my pick would have been different. But I think that that Patriots-Bengals game is lingering in my mind. I'm like, oh, the Patriots are so terrible. I'm hearing Dave Portnoy's voice in my head. The Patriots suck dick. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills to pull it off. I think that, like Nick said, they've really overcome a lot of adversity this year. Uh, being everybody's, you know, Vegas's pick to win the Super Bowl. They came out really clean to start the year. They beat the crap out of the Rams, and then they beat the crap out of the Titans, who turns out aren't really good teams anyway, but they still, like, came out swinging and beat those teams. But they've really had some ups and downs this year. Um, and I think that the Bengals, too, have had a lot of ups and downs. But I think that that injury at offensive line is really going to make them vulnerable in this matchup in particular with the – uh, Buffalo Bills defense only getting healthier. I know Von Miller won't be back for this game, but um, I think it'll be a really tight, close game. And I think we might see another significant game created here where the Ravens win against Pittsburgh, Bengals lose to Buffalo, and then the last week of the season, Baltimore and Cincinnati are playing for who ends the North. So I think that uh, the Bills uh, will win this game in a very tight, close game that might come down to the very end. And I think Josh Allen will make just a few more plays than Joe Burrow, and the Bills will... Uh, set themselves up to possibly be the number one seed in the AFC. Well, look at that. Money Mike picking the Bills. All right. Well, that is where we'll uh, say goodbye to Nick Padula on this episode of Another Day of Sports Podcast, episode 100. Nick, like I said, thank you so much for all the times you've come on the show and all the times you have contributed. Bring in the, the energy every time for Bills Mafia. Thanks again. Yeah, dude, congrats, uh, congrats on the big one zero zero. Um, I'd like to say I've listened to most of them, if not all of them. Yeah. Um, and even if there aren't that many uh, people out there who actually give a fuck, I give a fuck. And you know what? <laughs> I appreciate having something else to mix in every week. Um, and it's it's just great to hang with the hang with the guys. So go Bills! Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, man. Snack. Take care. Okay, Nick Padula, always a, a fun guy to have on the show. You'll, you guys will be seeing him a lot in the future as well. Uh, we are going to actually move on here. Uh, actually, while we get Pat McMahon on the show, we are actually bringing back a, an old contributor to Another Damn Sports podcast for episode 100, Pat McMahon, college football expert, college, ba college basketball expert. He's going to come on to talk about everything that's been going on in those two sports. While I do that, We'll very quickly cover these last two NFL topics that we wanted to talk about today, which was starting with Nathaniel Hackett getting fired today from the Denver Broncos. Steve, I'll have you start as I know you are a big fan of the whole Broncos situation and Russell Wilson. So what are your thoughts on this decision? Do you think they should have gave him more time or do you think that they gave him too much time? Uh, honestly, too much time. This team has looked just, just awful, especially obviously on offense. Defense, we know the Broncos have been playing pretty decent all season. But offensively, it's been the worst team in the NFL, I think. I mean, they got to be near the, the bottom two or three, 30th, 31st, or 32nd. I don't know off the top of my hand without looking up. But, um, yeah, I mean, what is it? The second coach in the past five seasons, besides Urban Myers, to be fired midseason on, on their first go-around with a team. It's, like I said, I'm surprised it wasn't a few weeks earlier, but... When you get blown out like that, it's kind of hard to come back, especially with what you think coming in as a Super Bowl contending team in a lot of people's eyes. I mean, obviously, a lot of people were slightly apprehensive, which turns out they were the smart ones <laughs> with this Broncos team with a new quarterback like Russell Wilson coming in. 
but I don't think anyone in their right minds could have foreseen it being this catastrophe it is out in Denver. My friend sent me a ticket. Tickets are usually $200 to $300 like they are right now for Bills games. They are $20 right now, and you can sit pretty close to the field. So, <laughs> And Denver is a very expensive city. <laughs> that is wild. Uh, Money Mike, what are your thoughts on the, the firing? Not surprising at all. We all saw it coming. We just didn't know if it was going to be right at the end of the season or during the middle of the season. They waited till a couple weeks before the season's over. Um, hey, you know what? If I am the Denver Broncos, I am going to do everything in my power to kiss the butt of Sean Payton because Sean Payton is the one guy who you can bring in because you're stuck with Russell Wilson based on the amount of money you're giving him. He is the one coach I think you can bring in that can turn the ship around. Um, you just have to, you know, the only way he's going to go there is if you really give him full control. So I think that's what I would do if I were the Denver Broncos, but it's not surprising that they got rid of uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Just the locker room, he lost the locker room. It wasn't working with Russell Wilson. The fan base hated him. It just wasn't good all the way around. So not surprising that he's out in Denver. No, definitely not. Uh, it's something that was expected. We'll see where the Broncos go going forward. But we have to move on here now because we have Pat McMahon back on the show. I have not seen this dude in a very long time, and I am very happy to see him. Pat, how's it going, man? Welcome to another Damn Sports Podcast, episode 100, I might add. Hey, yeah, congrats, guys. Uh, great accomplishment, make it to 100. Um, but yeah, excited to see you guys, too. It's been a while. Um, things are going good here. Just hope uh, you're holding up okay up, up there in Buffalo, Andrew. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's been a little crazy with the amount of snow we've been get, getting. I uh, we bought a house up in Lockport now, which means uh-huh. it's it's a little bit further out from the city, and we didn't get hit right, as right. bad. But we we were able to to we still had to do some shoveling, some snow blowing. But uh, very quickly too, I want to introduce you. We have a new member of the podcast every single week, Steve Demblaker. I know Steve has been a listener for a long time, so I'm sure he's heard mm-hmm. a little bit of your analysis. But <laughs> Steve, meet Pat. Matt, meet Steve. Nice How's to meet you, Steve? Pat. Not too bad, man. Yeah, so we're, we're going to dive a little bit here into the college football playoff, as obviously that is going to be huge uh, coming forward in just a few days, man. This is uh, this is exciting. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State worked mm-hmm. out the top four. Pat, I know you are an expert in both college football and college basketball. We'll talk about both today, starting here with the playoff here. So get, give us your thoughts. Is Georgia kind of just the runaway favorite here or do you think there's some opportunity for these other teams to bring home the championship um i don't think it's a foregone conclusion i mean obviously georgia's looked great all year but there's been two or three games where they've struggled you know they're they've shown some weakness and i actually think that ohio state can give them a fight um just a little bit different of an offense that they've seen really in the sec this year um, just some great receiver talent on Ohio State. If they can just get some big plays, I think they, they do have a chance uh, to knock them off. I think that actually, you know, is, is a tough matchup, tougher for Georgia than people people realize. So I think I think they'll that'll be a good fight um, in that semifinal. All right. And uh, do, do you think that um, before we move on to the Michigan-TCU matchup, obviously with TCU being – the only team here that's kind of not the perennial always in the mix. Do you think there were any teams that were kind of screwed out of a spot in the playoff or do you, do you think it kind of worked out in the way that it should? Yeah, no, I think TCU absolutely deserved it. Like they went 12 and 0 in a in a tough Big 12 schedule. It's not like it was loaded with top 10 or 15 teams, but there was not a bad team in the Big 12 either. 
and they beat every opponent they faced. And even their one loss was, you know, an overtime questionable call. They almost scored there on a, on fourth and goal in OT. But so I think they deserved it. And honestly, I think it was, there was only really three teams that played well enough to deserve it this year. Ohio State, the way they kind of, you know, got embarrassed in that last game against Michigan, didn't make a conference title game. They um, were the one team I think you could have a gripe with, but USC going down, it was really, uh, to me, I'm glad they gave TCU the three seed as, you know, there's some people that didn't think they were deserving, but their whole body of work, I thought they absolutely did. So I think it, it just came down to like, you know, who, who got that four spot. And, and if USC had won, it would have made it easy for the committee. But I think uh, they had to go with Ohio State, just, just the way everything played out in that last week. Yeah, you know, that's totally fair. Obviously, Ohio State with a massive pedigree, they're always going to be in the mix here. But So I guess uh, I'll ask Steve and Mike your predictions too for these two games. But Pat, I'll have you give your prediction here. Who do you think is going to win between Michigan and TCU here? I'm going to go with Michigan. I think they, um, they're just too tough up front on both sides of the line for TCU. And, and I think that's ultimately where they win the game. I'd probably, I'd say Michigan by, by about 10 points or so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously I think everybody that isn't a Michigan Wolverines fan is going to be rooting for TCU because everybody always mm -hmm. loves to root for the team. That is kind of the improbable member of the college football playoff. Steve, we'll go to you first. How do you think both of these games are going to work out? Who do you think is going to be playing in the championship? I think it's going to be Michigan-Georgia. Um, I don't follow college football totally, but I do keep track of, obviously, the powerhouses and you watch the big games coming up. And honestly, just for our friend Jason Chiz, it'd be nice to see Michigan go there and hopefully put up a little bit of a better fight than, than last time when they faced Georgia. But I, I do think that's going to be the final, hopefully, at least for our friend Jason since he's a big uh, Wolverines fan, Michigan can pull it out. But I do think it's going to be hard for anybody to really beat Georgia, I think. So yeah. we'll see. That That's uh, that's totally fair. Both of these games going to be played on Saturday, December 31st. Uh, it's going to it's gonna be exciting for sure. And Money Mike, what do you think is going to happen between these two games? Who's going to be in the final? I think Michigan's going to overpower TCU, like Pat said. Pat, good to see you. Glad that you're uh, back on the show. Um, I think that Michigan will overpower TCU, um, and I think Georgia will overpower uh, Ohio State. Um, and so I think it's going to be Georgia versus Michigan. I, I, too, I have a bunch of friends who are from Michigan who went to Michigan, so I'm rooting for Michigan uh, for that reason. Uh, the fact that Jason's a Michigan fan kind of makes me kind of want to pull for TCU. Uh, but no, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Jason. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I was one of those people that I was like, who was going to get that fourth spot? Was it going to go to Alabama? Was it going to go to Ohio State? I feel like it was going to go to one of those two because I feel like the committee has a big stick up their butt for both Ohio State and Alabama that they kind of get the benefit of the doubt compared to some other teams. But definitely, like Pat said, because uh, USC had lost, that kind of made it a little bit easier for them to shoehorn Ohio State or Alabama into it. Um, and I think that when it comes to the national championship game, I think that Georgia's right now just leaps and bounds better than everybody else. But I, I do hope Michigan puts up a fight, and I, I'm rooting for Michigan to pull the whole thing out. Yeah, I think that's going to be the general prediction, I think, from all four of us, right, is Georgia-Michigan and then Georgia just winning, right? Pat, I guess uh, this is the first time I've talked to you since they announced this. Obviously, they're they're trying to move this to a much – more exciting format with more teams, mm -hmm. a little bit more parity, kind of just giving other teams a chance to win. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's going to going to kind of change things up a little bit? Or do you think with college football, because of the disparity in talent between the top teams and the other teams, it's still just going to end up being the perennial favorite is probably going to pull it out. 
Um, I mean, I think it will make it more exciting. Uh, but yeah, when it comes down to like who's winning the championships, um, you know, I still think we'll kind of see the same three or four teams we've seen over the last few years until, you know, maybe until a guy like Saban retires or Dabo Sweeney retires. And then, you know, you might see hopefully some other teams get up there, but I think it'll make the playoff more exciting. It'll bring even more change in terms of like conference realignment and all that. Like the current format they're proposing, um, it's top four, the first four seeds that get a buy have to be conference champions. So I think that it even might force Notre Dame's hand into joining a conference, which is another interesting, like, you know, side effect of all this. Cause if Notre Dame could go 12 and 0, be ranked number one, but under that format, they, the best they could be is a five seed cause they're, they're not in a conference. So that might finally, um, force Notre Dame's hand a little bit. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how all that stuff shakes out. And like TCU, like in this format too, they, they wouldn't have been able to be a three seed this year since they lost to Kansas State. Um, they would have been like a five. And so just, just little wrinkles like that will make the playoff a little more interesting. Sure. Yeah, let me ask you, what, what's, your, what's your opinion on the transfer portal that they've really been doing? Because it, it, to me, it makes it more like this is not really college sports anymore. It's more like a semi-professional league. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely trending that way. Um, I... I think there's good and, and bad things with the transfer portal. Uh, you know, there's parts of it where the things I think that kind of suck are sometimes if you're a coach of a smaller team, like, uh, you know, you're coaching like Troy or Louisiana Lafayette and you found this, like you're recruiting staff on this under the radar guy who's insane and has a great freshman year. And then you, you do all that, you know, your hard work is rewarded by, he goes and plays the transfers to Georgia or Alabama. And it's just like, you're just kind of out of luck. Um, and the other thing I think the other negative side of it is like kids that just aren't getting playing time or for whatever reason, think they have a better situation somewhere else because they got people in their ear, giving them bad advice. Then they go to the transfer portal and finds out, Oh, no one really wants me. Or, and then they, you know, either lose out on a scholarship or just get buried on a depth chart at another school. But at the same time, I think it's, you know, there are a lot of cases where there's legitimate reasons a player should transfer, wants to transfer, and then just ends up in a, in a good, uh, a better environment. And then I also like rewarding grad transfers. I mean, that's been around a little longer, but a guy that gets his degree puts four years in and then goes and wants to play at a, you know, at another school for his final year. I have no issue with that either. Yeah. That, so I think a, there's pros and cons. Absolutely. And that's going to be the case with everything, right? It's never going to be perfect, mm -hmm. but at least they're, they're trying to change something for the better, obviously also with being able to pay these players as well. It's, it's, it's been a, an interesting uh, situation for sure. For but sure. We'll 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 dive a little bit into your team here. We were just talking about Notre Dame a little bit, how they might have to actually join a conference. But what were your thoughts on how they performed this year? Obviously, they're going to be playing in the Gator Bowl here against South Carolina, the ranked number twenty-one team, December Friday, December thirtieth, at three thirty. Mm -hmm. uh, give us your thoughts on the season as a whole and how this game is going to go. Um, I. There were ups and downs this season. Early on, I was obviously really um, frustrated with the results. Losing to Marshall, a game you you know you absolutely should not lose. Losing to Stanford, a team that went three and nine. But I, uh, you have to be optimistic with how they finish. How they didn't fold after that. They go, you know, they also beat Carolina pretty early on, pretty convincingly, and then they go like just destroy, like manhandle Clemson. Um, so just to see them not fold and and come back and still win eight games after some disappointing early results especially this team just had no quarterback right. like they they didn't have a good option from the beginning 
Uh, Tyler Buckner, he was their their first option. Gets didn't look very good. Gets hurt in the Marshall game. Then the backup, um, Drew Pine. Like I'll give Pine credit. He you know he played his heart out, but he's just not that talented. Was never meant to be the the QB one. And he actually just hit the transfer portal, so he won't be playing against South Carolina Friday. Um, and you beat the so conglomerate it, Syracuse at Syracuse. I mean, come on. Did, yeah, that's true. That was a that was a great win. How could I? I was actually at that game. I don't know how I uh, forgot to mention that. But um, but I think the pieces are in place for them to be really good in the next few years. Um, so I, I think it really comes down to if Freeman and the rest of the coaching staff can just figure out how to not lose those games, like not have those letdowns against your Marshalls and your Stanfords and those kind of teams. And once they can figure that out, they'll be good. And, and it already looks like to have a help on the way uh, at quarterback. Uh, it was just announced today that Sam Hartman from Wake Forest is in the transfer portal. And he oh, basically, nice. it's almost a done, it's almost a done deal. He's going to Notre Dame. So that's that good. Like, I remember watching him against oh, Syracuse. He's good. He's yeah. amazing. He, set the AC, he quietly set the ACC passing touchdown record, which is insane. Yeah. Um, just passed Taj Boyd, I think, for all time touchdowns for an ACC quarterback. Wow. And so he'll spend his fifth year at Notre Dame. They got a great defense coming back, great offensive line. They lose their star tight end, Michael Mayer, but their receivers will get better. So they'll tight end they'll you, be man. better next year. That's mm-hmm. hilarious. Tight end you. It never ends. They just keep churning them out, I guess. But that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, well, it's good to hear that uh, good things are coming for you and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish here. Uh, we'll, we'll shift to college basketball very quickly, and then we'll let you get going. AP Top 25 right now. It's looking interesting. Purdue at one, UConn at two, and Houston at three. What a year of mm-hmm. college basketball so far. Uh, I, I guess looking at the rankings here, who do you think right now is kind of the favorite to 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 lead lead the charge through the tournament? Who are the best teams in the country? And then obviously finish off. How the hell are the St. Bonaventure Bonnies doing? Right. So yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> year. I think it's going to be a super fun tournament because every team out there has flaws. No one, no one is that good. None of the like preseason top three or five teams are still there. Um, but I, I think Houston probably is the best equipped to win a national title just because they're built on defense and they've been shooting and they got some shooters too. They got like a, an outstanding freshman. That's going to be one of them. They're just athletic and can shoot and just frustrate you on defense. Like think Virginia 2019. That's kind of what the, this Houston team is like. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good mold to follow playing solid defense in college basketball that can carry you far because obviously your offense your offense can struggle but if you can fall back on that defense and get wins that way man you are a dangerous Mm -hmm. team to play in the tournament so well that's good and then uh so st bonaventure how they look and i went to see them play ub unfortunately Mm -hmm. they couldn't pull out the win that time but uh how have been they've been looking with all their other competition they they've had a tough run of it uh, lately, I think they've lost four in a row and five of the last six after beating Notre Dame um, mm-hmm. in late November. But they are like their whole team is they were decimated by the transfer portal. Everyone left like their whole. They were the only team to bring back zero returning points from last year. They didn't have anyone wow. that scored a point come back to <laughs> this year's sucks. roster. And oh, that's crazy. So they had to scramble. They got some good players. They had. The you know their leading scorer now is the leading scorer from St. Peter's last year. That you know the team went to the Elite Eight. Daryl okay. Banks. Um, they got a couple other good transfers, a couple decent freshmen. So it's just, I think it uh, it's just 
obviously when you have that many new players, take them a while to kind of gel and learn how to play together. But I think they have some decent talent. And I think the A-10, their conference is down this year. So heading into to conference play, I think they still could be a top, you know, five or six team in that league. But uh, we'll see. They'll get they'll get battle tested early. Uh, it, it's just it's just too tough to tell with all these new players. Yeah, that, that's a tough situation to be in. But as long as you can get yourself to that conference championship, put yourself in a good position, you never know what can happen. So mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with the Bonnies. Uh, Mike, Steve, and I we've talked a decent amount this season about how Syracuse looks rough. Uh, the very young mm-hmm. young young roster uh, that they really don't have a consistent offensive production from the guy that they're supposed to get from and in Joe Girard. Uh, he's kind of been very up and down this season. Would you mm-hmm. kind of agree with those thoughts with Syracuse that this team is going to be a little bit of a battle and it will be lucky to even be on the bubble? Yeah. I, yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like a tournaments in the cards for them this year. It's just I, like you said, it's, they're not consistent. There's, I feel like when I go, when I watch a Syracuse game, I expect one guy to be good every night and that's Jesse Edwards, but mm-hmm. he's the only one that you can really count on. And, and, you know, the good teams that make the tournament, you should have three or four of those guys. You're like, okay, we're going to get a good game from him. And then you're looking for the fifth and sixth guy. You're not looking for the second and third guy. So that's, that's kind of where they're at right now. Just not enough consistency all around. All right. Yeah. I mean, that that's a fair, fair thought there as well. Uh, I guess Mike, you got any questions for Pat here? Any anything? Any thoughts on college basketball or football? I know we're so entrenched in NFL, so sometimes it's hard to think about these other things. But <laughs> did you? Because did you, Drew is not going to mention it, so I will. Did you notice how Drew's uh, alma mater won their bowl game today? The Buffalo Bulls. Oh yes, yeah, came through. Oh, the right. Bowl. <laughs> any thoughts on that game or the Buffalo Bulls? <laughs> they beat their former quarterback, so that's that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, Van Trees was was playing for uh, Georgia Southern. Well, there yeah. you go. <laughs> that, that's that's a big dub, big dub. It's yeah. uh, three but bowl I, wins in the last four years. Nice. One thing though, I will have to say, I can't leave without giving a pick. Uh, it used to be my segment on the show. Yes, I was um, about to ask you that too. Okay, awesome. So give us a pick for the for the college football playoff, the semifinals. My favorite pick there is TCU Michigan over fifty eight and a half. Um, I like the over because you look at those teams and. Both, like, the way college football works, you build your defense to stop, like, the teams in your conference. And Michigan runs an offense that no one else in the Big 12 runs. And TCU has a weird offense that, like, running spread offense that no one in the Big 10 runs. So it's just two offenses that neither team has seen. And I think when you have, like, all this time to prepare, like a month to prepare, I think the advantage kind of goes to the offense there. You find – you know, you can add more plays that aren't on tape. Uh, and and just, I think, uh, you know, Michigan will, they'll kind of run the ball, run the ball, play action, hit some bombs. Like that's, that's what Michigan, when they've scored a lot this year, it's been on those play action, quick scores. Um, and I, I think they can get into the forties on their own. So I think over 58 and a half is a, is a good play there. So that's great. You're also predicting an exciting game too. So that, that that's mm-hmm. something that everybody needs to turn into. TCU, Michigan over 58, well, you said 58 and a half was the 58 and a half. All right. 58 and a half, Steve, you better put it into your, uh, your app right now. <laughs> I, have I, for, the I, I have another, I have another question for Pat. Pat, do you think that the North Carolina Tar Heels were the most overrated number one seed to start a year out of anybody ever in recent memory? I mean, they're, oh, yeah. they're really underplaying. Res. They will. I think people just, 
rely so much on these runs sometime and forget that they were an eight seed in the tournament for a reason this year. Like, yeah. they were an eight seed because they were just not that good and they caught fire in a bottle. It was just like the year before where UCLA made the Final Four as an 11 seed and they were top five last year and then they were just okay last year. I think it's pretty much a, the exact same situation. I'll be there at the Carrier Dome when North Carolina plays Syracuse, so I'm hoping that they're uh, <laughs> underwhelmed. I hope they have an underwhelming performance and Syracuse pulls it out, but I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a wishful thinking, that, buddy, Mike. That Baycott has torn Syracuse up though the last few years. Armando Baycott. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you if you Google beat a two three zone, it's North Carolina breaking down yep. Syracuse's two three zone. <laughs> yep. Remember uh, when they won that national title that year? That was like twenty. 17 Bryce Johnson that dude and and uh Justin Jackson those guys just lit Syracuse up was that when yeah. we made the the final four was that that year uh that no, that was that the year before in 16 okay and gotcha Carolina Carolina made the final that year too they lost that was when they lost to uh Villanova on that crazy buzzer beater right but didn't we lose to North Carolina those, in the final those- four that year in the final four in yeah. 16 and then Carolina won it the next year so but yeah both those years Carolina just just yeah. let Syracuse up. Exactly. But all right, sir. Well, we'll let you go. But thank you so much for coming on. We had to to bring you back for episode one hundred, and we'll we'll bring you back again when uh when college basketball starts to really rev up and it becomes the main topic of conversation. We we love to have your your knowledge and expertise. Remember, listeners and viewers, if you're a sports gambler, over fifty eight and a half TCU versus Michigan, that is the lock from Pat McMahon himself. Thank you again, sir. All right, yeah, it was fun, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Take care. Good to see you, Pat. You too. All right, boys. Well, it was fun to uh, bring on a couple guests here. That that man is the catalyst behind Drew's gambling addiction that Kristen had to get him off. I was going to say, bet bet the house. That's what I heard. 58 and a half. Bet the house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes, and Money Mike is right. My gambling addiction is because of that, man. But I love Pat Pat McMahon. He's an awesome dude. all right, so moving on to our last segment of episode 100. We have prepared a little, well, I shouldn't say we. The Oracle here has prepared a little bit of a trivia game for me and Money Mike. This is something we have not done on this show in a long time, but I love listening to podcasts that do stuff like this. It just it kind of really engages the listeners and the viewers that much more. So, Steve, take it away. You will lead this segment. Yes, yeah, so my version, uh, Drew, you put like a game music in the background. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, re- I really should. <laughs> so, anybody that knows me, I do love my some trivia. I used to go for two years straight in Syracuse every Thursday night at Trappers 2. And I do like the type of trivia where you can at least stop and think about it. It's not just a super easy answer. So, I've pretty simple game for. Drew and Mike, 30 questions. We're going to go back and forth. Um, I don't know if, who wants to decide to go first, but if you guys could just tally up your own, I'll let the person whose turn it is go first. So if it's Drew's turn to answer a question, he gets the first crack at it. If he misses it, Mike gets a chance to listen and then steal. So I'll just have you guys tally up how many you got right, and then we'll just go from there and see who at the end of the 30 questions has it. All right. Let's go. All right. So who wants to go first? Have money, Mike. Drew can go first. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll take a prediction then. thing so that our uh, viewers <laughs> can can predict who's going to win this. All right, all right. So Drew will get a chance to steal if money doesn't get all this right. one. All right. Question one: What's the diameter of a basketball hoop in inches? The diameter of a basketball hoop. 
in inches. Oh man. Um I want to say it's like 13.7. Incorrect. I'll give you within an inch, too. And that's still incorrect. Okay. 13, so, a diameter of a hoop in inches. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 18 inches. That it is exactly right. 18 Let's inches. Go, right on dude. the dot. All right. <laughs> one, one oh Drew. So Drew, make yourself a tally. Yo, that was fun. All right. Yeah. All right, Mike. Question two. What's the national sport of Canada? Hockey. Incorrect. Drew. Ah. <laughs> uh fuck. Um I mean that's like the only ice fishing. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 oh, also, I screwed it up. Yeah, Drew was supposed to go first on that one. So, uh, Drew, you go first. He's next, dude. That's my fault. All right. But yes, it, it is lacrosse. Wow. All I right. never would have guessed that. All right, Drew. In order, what are the three horse races that someone has to win to be a Triple Crown winner? The Kentucky Derby. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about horse racing. It's the, the Saratoga. <laughs> nope, Mike. I, I have no idea. I, I only know the Kentucky Derby too. All right, so Kentucky I'm Derby. It, you got the second one. Kentucky Derby, Preakness, the Belmont. My oh, family no. actually loves horse racing, so no one gets a point for that one. Uh, so Drew's still up by one. So Drew, have you go first again? Then we'll switch back to the original format, but. What country has competed the most times in the Summer Olympic yet hasn't won any kind of medal? Wow, that that's a sad spot to be in if you're a country, huh? My gosh. Uh, I'm going to say... What's in a super unathletic country? What, what, what country has a bunch of money mics in it? Um, wow, wow. <laughs> this is the guy that was puffing and puffing, hiking one mountain in Adirondacks. I shouldn't talk. But, yeah, that's right. Uh, and who, who was who was cruising through that hike? I know, I know. I'm going to say Greece. Nope. Also, this is kind of a tough one. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Turkey. Uh, closer. Actually, you both were in the same region. Liechtenstein. It's one of the small Eastern <laughs> European countries that used to be part of the Jesus, USSR. Steve, what the hell kind of Stop. question is that? Hey, hey man, I, they'll get a little bit easier, I promise. Liechtenstein. <laughs> okay. Alright, so now we're back to, to Mike going first. How many yep. medals did China win the Beijing Olympics? I'll give you within five. How Either many did way. China win? Yep. Like, all together, that individual team, everything. Uh, I'm going to say, cause I know for a fact that, well, I think I know for a fact that Michael Phelps won eight himself. Um, so <laughs> I think that uh, I'd say that China won nine. I'm no. going to say, okay. So within five so overall, the whole country, <laughs> I know. So I, I, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say 32. Incorrect. A hundred. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I, I did not think that. I always forget how many events there are at the Olympics. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. Because <laughs> everyone's talking how great it was that Michael Phelps won eight on his own. I'm like, okay, if he won, if that's impressive on his own, then as a country, like maybe only a country won nine. 
All right, there's a, there are a few more easier ones coming up, I promise. All right, no, that's All okay. Right. Don't worry about it. Drew, <laughs> which golf tournament did Tiger Woods win by 12 strokes? The U.S. Open. Incorrect. Damn Mike? Uh, the Australian Open. Incorrect. The Masters. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Well, because I know, like, his best round ever was at the U.S. Open, so he must have just mm-hmm. not won by 12 strokes. Okay. That makes sense. Who just did that one first, Drew? Yes. Yeah, all right. So back to Mike. In meters, how big is an Olympic-sized swimming pool? Or a normal lap pool, I guess, would be. Just a little bit bigger. But Wait, in a normal meter? I mean, a normal pool? Olympic size, size is a little... It, it's a little bit bigger than a lap pool, technically. Okay. Uh, 50 meters? Correct. Right on the dot. Nice. All right, we're tied. <laughs> Shit. All right, Drew. Which sport uses a net, a racket, and a shuttlecock? Oh shit! It's a uh, badminton. Cock. Yeah. <laughs> C- correct, badminton. <laughs> All right, Money Mike. How many sports were included in the 2008 Summer Olympics? Wait, did Drew get that one right? I didn't get to guess yeah. if he was wrong. Yeah, it oh, was badminton. Bad yeah, yeah. All right. So, oh, sorry about that, Steve. Ask your question nope. again. You're good. How many sports were included in the 2008 Olympics? Again, I'll give you within two. Uh, I don't know. 48. Nope. Okay, so if Beijing won 100 medals, each, each sport obviously gives out three of them. I'm going to say 185. 28. I think that one might throw you off because I'm assuming they're counting their team wins as oh. their medals. But, but yeah, 20, 28. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. 28 different thinking. sports. I'm an idiot. Okay. Yeah, we'll just move on no. past that one. You're you're good. All right, Drew. 185 let's... sports. I wonder how many, <laughs> how many different games they have. <laughs> Uh, Drew, a sporting event is held every year Memorial Day. What is it? It's the, uh... Yeah, I was about to say the hot dog eating contest, but that's July 4th. Um, a sporting event every Memorial Day is May. I don't know, dude. Uh... World's Strongest Man. Nope. Money? Men's Lacrosse National Championship. Incorrect. The Indy 500. Oh. <laughs> Good oh, guess, okay, well, we, yeah, we, well, uh, reason I shows... said this, I thought I remember Syracuse playing on Memorial Day for the <laughs> National Championship game, so I was like, maybe that's an annual thing for lacrosse. <laughs> it shows we're not motorsports fans. <laughs> no, not right. at all. You ready, Mike? Yeah. Uh, what number sets to the right of the number 20 on the standard dartboard? Played darts a bunch of times too. What's it? What's next to it? Yep, to immediately to the right. So if you're looking at it straight on, five. Nope. Drew. I was literally just playing darts last night. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's is it two. Close. It's one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So Drew. In what year were women allowed to compete in modern Olympics? I'll give you within 10 on this one. 
1971. I don't know. Nope. Money? Wait, so what's the question? Repeat the question, please. In what year were women allowed to compete in the modern Olympics? Um, I'm going to say 1980. Nope. 19 wow. exactly. Right on the turn of the century. Wow. wow. Okay. I was surprised by that one too, honestly. <laughs> ah. Well, yeah. There's some people w out there that are. Probably... I guess it's earlier than we were expecting. So that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ba basketball. So this is. I think it's Mike. Money. Yep. Basketball player Scotty Pippen has a word tattooed on his forearm. What does it say? <laughs> a word tattooed on his forearm? Yep. Uh, well, I'm not going to say Jordan. Um. <laughs> Uh, perseverance. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know either. Shoot. All right, just because I think it's funny, it's a name. So you were closest, Mike. What? What? What name is it? <laughs> <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> no, no, Drew. <laughs> Uh, Steve Kerr. He's got his own. He's got his own name on it. it says Pip. <laughs> I oh, thought that man. was funny. That is funny. That, that, that's, that's a great fact. I'm gonna put that one in my back pocket. <laughs> so now this one's Drew. Yeah. What is the only sport to be played on the moon? Golf. Correct. Hell yeah! So that means I'm up two to one, right? You're three to one. Three to one, I think. Oh, let's go. All right, Money. How old was Tiger Woods when he won his first Masters? I'll give you within a year, up or down. Okay. When he won his first Masters? Yep. 22. Uh, 21. So we'll give that one to you. Correct. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Drew, in which winter sport are the terms stale fish and mule kick used? You do not. <laughs> you said it's a winter sport? Correct. Uh, curling. Nope. <laughs> Money? Ice fishing. Snowboarding. Your tricks off a snowboard. Okay, yeah, oh. that's why I've heard mule kick before. Okay, no, that makes sense. All right, Money, who was the first president to throw the ceremonial first pitch at a Major League Baseball game? Ooh. I'll give I'll give each of you three tries at it since I mean it's a kind of a random one. Yeah. First president to ever throw a first pitch at a ball game. Yep. Um. No. Uh, Is this like a super obscure president? Yeah. Gerald Ford. Nope. Uh, All right. Well, you, well, wait, you, you going back and forth or? You guys can just throw out guesses, honestly. Like it's okay. Zach <laughs> it's Taylor. Hard. No, but good guess. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, FDR. Nope. Yeah, yeah, that's super obscure. Uh, what the hell is this dude's name? I'm trying to. I'm trying to just think of like super like uh, Grover Cleveland. No, but again, pretty pretty good guess. Pretty obscure. Go one more each. I'll tell you. 
Herbert Hoover. No, but also good guess. You guys are actually right around the time frame, if I'm being honest. Isn't there a, a president's last name? His name's like Van Buren or something? Is it Stahim? There is. It's Stahim not him. He's way okay. early. It was Taft. You guys are actually like oh, literally oh, within okay. a few presidents on it. Oh. Like a joke guess like Taft. And then they <laughs> have to be right. My little brown brothers, right? That's what he, that's what he called my people. Yep. Filipinos. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Taft. <laughs> uh, I think money started that one. So Drew, yeah, within, true. I'll give you within fifteen seconds. How long is freestyle skate and figure skating each session? Uh, forty seconds. Four, oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> four minutes. It's four minutes and thirty. So technically, I guess you're. <laughs> give it right to now. him. I'm sorry. Give it to him. I'll, uh, I'll give it to you, Mike. I'll yeah, give yeah, it. That's, that's high game. Bet. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're starting to get into two more. I think we're into the NFL All right, Let's go. <laughs> All right. So that was, so it's money's. How many minutes was the longest recorded point in tennis history? I'll give you within two points up or down. So the longest single point. Yep. So back and forth, like single, single volley without a point being given. I'm going to say. Oh, so a point wasn't given or anything. So this is just the one back and forth. They're hitting the ball back and forth, right? Like, or yeah, single like, recorded point. Yep. Okay, yeah, just uh, back and forth. Uh, I'm gonna say three minutes and twenty six seconds. Nope. Drew. Man, I wish I had a higher or lower option. Uh, I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say five minutes and forty five seconds. <laughs> 29 minutes. <laughs> what? Whoa. Yeah. I never would have guessed that was that high. That I is never crazy, yeah. dude. That, that one I thought was, that one I also thought was funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, back to Drew. Yeah. During the first ever modern Olympics, what were the first place, place, place hold, place winners, I'm sorry, awarded with? So how in this, these Olympics now we give out gold medals and everything. Yeah. What were the first, First place winners given. Um, slaves. Nope. <laughs> so this, wait. So can you repeat the question? Yep. So uh, during the first ever modern Olympics, what were the first place finishers awarded with? Hmm. What cars? Hard. It's it. It's still a medal. So I'll give you both another shot. At oh, it. you said uh, modern Olympics. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like back in like. Okay. Um, <laughs> when you said slaves, I was like, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. I got it. I have no idea. I'm gonna say cattle. Metal. <laughs> what metal? Oh, oh, platinum. We'll say platinum. Nope. Oh, Mike. Presidential Medal of Freedom. It was silver instead of gold. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so back to... did not go well for us. Our no, that's okay. That's, Purple that's heart. okay. that's okay. So back to Mike. <laughs> yeah. How many Olympic Games were held in countries that no longer exist? 
Oh my god, I barely watched the Olympics today. Uh, <laughs> so how many Olympic this games? This one I surprisingly actually kind of knew, but yeah. Countries that no longer exist. I, how about how about this? Yeah, I'll give you name. So there's three. I'll name one of the three countries in which one took place. There's three countries in which they took place. I'll give each you a point if like you can come up with one. I have no idea, honestly. I might have to do a pass. <laughs> I don't want to sound that's, like an idiot. That's, that's, that's okay. Still exists. That's okay, Drew. <laughs> uh, I feel like Czechoslovakia did not host uh, the Olympics, but that's the first one that comes to mind. Nope. So we got West Germany. Okay, uh, that makes sense. Soviet Union. So you were pretty close there, Drew. And then okay. Yugoslavia hosted a win. Oh, I almost said yeah. Yugoslavia. That was like the second one in my <laughs> so head. I didn't, say, I, I didn't say West Germany or uh, the Soviet Union because I'm like, those countries technically still exist. Like, Germany's still there and Russia's still there. So yeah. I didn't think yeah. <laughs> that's, fa- that's fair. Uh, so that was Mike's first one? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah right. So Drew's first in the next one. What is the most stolen base in baseball? Uh, I'm going to guess... Mike? Damn it. Second. Yep. Damn yeah, second. it. <laughs> Mike takes the lead. All right, now we're in the football <laughs> ones. Last couple of guys. See, that question for me was like the obvious answer is second, yeah. but it might be third. So yeah, that's how my out. mind worked too. Yeah, because there's like, oh, players get to first base. Damn it. Yeah, just the yeah. probability. Damn it. That's really stupid. All right. I would say home stole <laughs> more than third. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. What NFL team was originally called the New York Titans? Like, current team that's still around? Yep. What was it originally called? The Titans. New York oh. Titans. I never knew that. Um, I'll say that's the... the I'll say the Jets. That was the Jets' first name. Correct. All right. Mike's up, what, uh, five, five to three? three? Five to five three, three? Now, yeah, yeah. Damn it. All right, can I Drew. even come back now, or is it over? Yeah, yeah, no, okay. no, you can come back. Drew, what is the only team in the NFL to neither host nor play in the Super Bowl? Uh, I feel like this is something that like we should know. It's, freaking, it's an NFL question. Uh, a team that's never hosted nor played in a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I guess, I guess city and team. Yeah. But... Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. All right. Three. Yeah. Two. One. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. I I, I have no idea. Go Cleveland ahead, Browns. Correct. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Mike's running away with this now. All right. All right, Mike. <laughs> This player was the first ever openly gay person to be drafted in the NFL. What was his name? Uh, wasn't it Nassib? I mean, he was... Uh, Incorrect. Oh, oh. Ah. oh go, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I, I, I know I, that's already my guess, so like, yeah. it's wrong. But like, I, was, the, was it meant for who said they were openly gay and then they were drafted? Correct. Okay, because he came out after he was already in the NFL. Okay, that was my bad. I got... Okay, well, I can't because they said it in the chat. I, I knew I could picture him in my head, oh. but I couldn't think of his name. But yeah, it's Michael Sam, but I don't get the point. Yeah, correct. <laughs> From Missouri. Yeah. 
All right, uh, Drew, what NFL team lost the Super Bowl in 1970? Lost the first Super Bowl in 1970. First ever Super Bowl. Oh, I know this. Yeah. This Puts the pressure a, on. This is def- something I definitely should know. Um, I'm going to say the – I feel like we've talked about this before. I'm going to say the, the Packers. Incorrect. Nope. Mike. The correct answer is the Kansas City Chiefs, who lost to the Green Bay Packers. Ah, oh, damn. See, I knew the Packers were involved. Burrito, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm failing you. <laughs> All right, Drew. I think you could still come back and tie, and then I'll have to find a bonus question, so I kind of hope you don't. But right. <laughs> <laughs> which, which NFL team has their logo located on only one side of their helmets? The Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe, right? Correct. All right. That was like, an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> what team is considered the oldest in the NFL? What team is the oldest in the NFL? Yep. Uh, the Chicago Bears. Incorrect. The Green Bay Packers. Oh, hey. Oh. We're instituted a few months. Oh, I'm sorry, Drew. <laughs> I screwed it up. All That's right, we'll okay. give it to Drew. We'll, we'll make it interesting. <laughs> yeah, give it to me. Is that who you would have said? Is that who you would have said? I, I would have thought about it for a sec, but I probably would have said the Packers, yeah. All right. All right, that's my bad. All right, so Drew, to send it to overtime and have me just look up a quick question on the internet. I'm up seven to five. Oh, are you? Okay, never mind. Yeah. Well, for fun, Drew. Uh, which team has the record of scoring the most points in a single Super Bowl? The. You know this one, Mike? I think I do, yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say the. San Francisco 49ers. I don't know. Correct. Yeah, let's go. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> All right, so I should have just gone with some more NFL ones, but I don't know. Like I said, I like stupid trivia, so I kind of <laughs> threw out some dumb ones that are interesting. Like right. the moon right. Right. Came on fire at the end. You know, we, we yeah. don't like it to start off with <laughs> yeah. came on fire at the end. That's what people will remember. Hopefully yeah. it's a little bit of fun. <laughs> no, that was fun. That was fun. That's those are some tough questions, I will say. <laughs> but that, that's because Money Mike and I, we say that we're – Sports fans, we we have a sports podcast, but we're very NFL centric with a little bit of NBA and MLB and UFC. I know precious little about the Olympics. (laughs) I I love the Olympics, so I was a little biased on that one. The moon one I thought was just fun with the golf, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, I was gonna say basketball. So Drew guessed it right with golf. I will say the the only question that I was like I kind of knew was the pool one. Uh, no, I knew a lot of the NFL questions that I answered pretty quick, but I'm saying like the non-football questions. Uh the the pool one I knew because I knew that um when Shaq did his Shaq versus Michael Phelps contest, he wanted it shortened to a 25 meter pool, which was half of a standard Olympic pool. So I was like, okay. Yep. So if that was 25, that means the answer has to be 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do the golf one because the, they have a commercial out right now where astronauts playing golf i forgot what the company is for but um that's why it's all right it's all right white face mountain proved that i'm in better shape than drew and this contest proved i'm smarter than him so let's go yeah <laughs> all right just kidding he's an account he's he's an accountant and i'm a car salesman he's smarter than me mike you are a smart guy shut up all right <laughs> we are going to call it here uh thank you so much for everybody who has listened who has viewed all of our podcasts, any of our podcasts over the past 100 episodes, such a massive milestone for us to hit. And we are going to hit you with so many more podcast episodes going forward as well. We are so happy to have Steve, the Oracle Den Blaker on the show now, joining us late 
in the current Another Damn Sports podcast lore, but uh, when this show is finally done, he will be a mainstay that will be talked about for centuries to come because the show is going to the moon, my friends. Money Mike, any final words for our listeners and viewers? I'm so thankful for those of you that have been with us uh, for these 100 episodes and those of you who have joined along the way. Um, and uh, one of those listeners who's also been a contributor to the show, Gino Mamalito, you're going down in fantasy this week. I'm going to beat you once again in a fantasy football championship. So let's go. Let's go, baby. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to another damn sports podcast. And I hope everybody enjoys week 17 of the NFL season. Go Giants.